0: Do I want to open part two? Part two, here we are. <laughs> well done. How's that? How's that? <laughs> I can see you've been practicing. So this is our our uh, the don't give up your day job Christmas special, um, and we're not going to sing uh, any Christmas songs to you because, I mean, come on, let's face it, they're all shit house. But um, what we will do? Are there none you like? None. Not, little not drummer boy. Away. That's a good one. Yeah, fucked. <laughs> I, okay, here's a story about Little Drummer Boy. Oh, yeah? I, um, You're not going to talk about your dick, eh? <laughs> Thanks for putting those two two uh, thoughts together. Little Drummer Boy and dicks. No, you've just ruined my childhood uh, memory. But anyway, I'm probably about to ruin it myself. But I remember when I was a kid, um, I was auditioning for the Little Drummer Boy show at school. Yep. As the Little Drummer Boy, because I was the only... I guess seven or eight year old who had actually an interest in drums. I didn't wasn't taking lessons at the time, uh-huh. so I got um, given the part. Well, actually, I got it given to me and then taken away from me because there Ooh. was a kid who could play the drum. Oh wow! Um, in it, ironic. Now, I, well, the irony is there is an irony to this because mm-hmm. my my parents, my my, well, my sister, and my mother, still to this day talk about how they remember me seeing me up there on the stage playing and i and i'm like that's not the memory i have the memory i have is i lost that gig before there was even a show
1: so um it's one of those false memory situations my mum does that too she she tells me things she remembers and i'm like mum, that was the neighbor that that (laughs) wasn't me (laughs) but you know what's funny is i actually played the little drummer boy and and did you yeah i got the gig and kept it
0: We didn't go to the I'm same not, I'm school, I'm not making did we? that up either.
1: I was like, I think I might have been eight or something. Yeah, about the same
0: age as me. Yeah. You're, you're an asshole. <laughs> oh, well. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> where were we going with this anyway? I don't remember. <laughs> Crazy year, 2016.
1: It has been. The year of the Grim Reaper. Yes, that's right. How many... And the year of the Trump Reaper. Trump Raper. Raper. No, actually, oh, yeah, I shouldn't yeah.
0: make uh, jokes about that. Not Why not? Fun. I don't know. He deserves everything he gets. Yeah, well... He's a fucking loudmouth. We can say what we want. Here's the thing: we just so we just we're talking about the um, the false memories of, of my childhood and your mum, you know, having <laughs> false memories. I reckon we actually live in an alternate universe. Right. I think we've shifted from the universe we did live in, where you know where we used to say interesting things on our podcast, yeah, and, and insightful. Now we've moved into a universe where it's all kind of crappy and not no. Um, the, you know, f- things have gone so fucking strangely this year, 2016. Well, I've, I've already explained why because it's. The Alternate Future and Back to the Future 2. When did you explain that?
1: One of the previous episodes. Oh, I don't listen to them. The way that Trump is sort of like the, the Back to the Future 2 alternate future with, with um, oh, Biff. Biff. Right. Becoming the all-powerful business oh, tycoon yes, in yes. the big, tall
0: um, skyscraper that he lives in, Trump Towers. Right. Now, you know I mean? have we spoken... See, this is like a little bit of a deja vu for me, but have uh-huh. we talked about the Mandela effect? I don't think so. Okay, so I would encourage people to just look it up because we haven't got time to go into it now. But the Mandela effect is basically this... So the Large Hadron Collider, right, that they've got in CERN, Mm -hmm. they say that they've smashed so many particles together that it's just splintered off all these different uh, universes, alternate universes. And we're now slipping between them. Mm -hmm. And people remember that back in the 90s that Nelson Mandela actually died in prison that's the memory that they have but then suddenly when he died in 2013 they're like hang on that's not the alter- that's not the universe that i remember things in right. So now there's this theory and they've gone back and found all these anomalies in the old movies so if i say to you is that is it my mama said life was like a box of chocolates or is it is the line my mama always said life is like a box of chocolates which one is it from Forest Gump, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly,
1: um, I'm perfectly impersonating. You've, you, so you've changed Forrest one Gump. one word in the accents in the sentence. So you
0: saying? Uh, forget about the the accentuation, but the word, the wording okay, the, of the my sentence. My mum always said, or my mother's. My my mama said, life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Or my mama said, life was like a box of chocolates. Which one is it? Perfect again, perfect Forest Gump impersonation. I, I I just wouldn't trust my memory. I don't know right yeah but
1: because so, there's another thing that, that people always talk about like famous lines in movies that were actually never said right correct And
0: yeah. that, that, now well that's being that's put what, down as a Mandela effect at. ah gotcha is that it's now changing our, our past is changing yeah so um, I believe it's either one of those switch <laughs> around but people yeah. say one of them and it's the other one um, people say it's life was like a no life is like a box of chocolates is the one that everyone quotes but back in the in the film now if you go and look at it, it's like life was a box of chocolates. Is that right? Are you sure yeah. it's
1: that way around? Cuz okay, well, you,
0: you could switch one of those. But it's it's <laughs> yeah. either one of those. I'm uh, just thinking about
1: cuz I can't remember, but I'm just thinking about like uh why would he say my mum always said life was like, you know, I mean it
0: because when would, he's sense. sitting on a bench re- reliving his past. But why would life stop being like a box of chocolates? Cuz his has said it in the past. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't write the fucking script. Okay, here's another Someone one. Someone watch then. the movie and tell us. Okay, well here's another one then. Yeah. Um what about Luke, I am your father. Was that
1: not in the movie?
0: Nope. Oh, is it? He said, I am your father, but without the Luke bit, right? Yeah. Is that right? He goes, um, uh, something along the lines of, um, Obi-Wan says, You killed my father. And then Darth Vader goes, No, I am your father. father. Right? But everyone quotes it as Luke. I am your father, I see. see, I would so. have put
1: that down to people just having shit memories and like you know or shortening things or paraphrasing whatever, but I mean, you know, you want to talk about alternate universes <laughs> okay <laughs> I mean, you were an op shop, I guess that was normal conversation.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs>
1: Nothing crazy <clears throat> <laughs> uh, <laughs> right but so sp- speaking of crazy, it has been a crazy year it has been yeah, yeah, it has been uh d- very dramatic yeah and and not... traumatic and dramatic Tra- yeah and i guess we're all now trying to figure out what to do next right i mean what do you do you, do you sink into the doom and gloom or do you remain optimistic like it's... Mate, I,
0: I reckon just grab the popcorn and and you know watch it all unfold <laughs> yeah welcome to the new world folks <laughs> yeah I, like i say i'm just gonna sit back and watch it all unfold and stop. yeah we can't do anything about it no well what we can do is
1: talk to some guests yeah, we can do that. Let's keep doing that. Yeah, because we've always had the superpower in musicians. We can close our eyes and go somewhere else. <laughs> Put our heads in the
0: sand. <laughs> exactly. So to speak. Yeah. Communal or, communal know, denial. But also, you know, affect change in, in ways that um, other people can't. Well, yeah, I mean, other art
1: forms. good point. And and on a more serious note, I mean, there's not there's never probably been a more important time for the arts. Mm. For music, for people mm. to comment, for people to challenge you know, the thinking
0: of the Oh, I can't so on. wait to see what Kanye comes out with next. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, our, our first guest on this um, uh, part two. On the other side of the veil. Yeah. Oh. Is uh, Eddie Gager. And Eddie is, Eddie's, we talk a lot in previous episodes about Alex, Alex Burke, uh, mm. who, who's a friend of mine in LA, and the way that everyone seems to know Alex. Yeah. Eddie's sort of the Alex of Auckland. He's the guy that everyone knows. I I don't know how that works. Mm. He's just, he just seems to be the center of something. Some sort of. I'm sure you can come up with some sort of conspiracy around that, right?
0: Like he's got some sort of. Yeah, there's um, probably some sort of um, karmic vortex that that (laughs) sort of hovers around him. Of course. And um, yeah, yeah, he probably draws people in (laughs) with a a negative, evil demon energy that's um, somewhere in the back blocks of the karmic universe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he's an interesting guy. He's, uh, uh, you know, he's a full-time musician. Um, he has been for a long time. He seems to have become a full-time musician without any effort. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: So he's a very kind of oh yeah, very, it's really easy. Very, yeah, well, yeah. He just, but that's kind of his thing. He just sort of well, I don't know. I just go and I just play gigs. It did not really think about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was also one of the top contenders on New Zealand Idol back in the day.
0: Okay, yeah, right. Which, when was that? Like two thousand two or
1: three or four or something. No, ten, at least ten years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was up there. I don't know how far he got, oh, but like
0: even older than that. Maybe. So w- w- which, which? season was that? The Rosita Vi um, I think ben he was Lummis? in the Ben Lummis. Yeah, right. I, think, I think he was in that one. Actually, well, who, who, there, uh, was there only
1: one? Was I was, yeah, I was just going to ask that. Maybe there were two seasons. Can't remember. I, was Ben Lummis the same one as Michael Murphy?
0: Yeah, I believe so.
1: And I'm pretty sure that if there were two, I'm pretty sure he was on that one though. Right. Okay. Yeah, and he got into the top ten, so he was, you know, after the fact, I think he was to do with the tour and everything. Right. That and so, is that. he allowed
0: to talk about that stuff?
1: I'm. I don't know if he gives a shit. Right. Did he sign <laughs> a non-disclosure
0: sure. agreement? Um, let's say yes. Okay. okay cool. <laughs> yeah. And he's about to break that, that and doesn't... Simon Cowell's going to come and kick his ass. Yeah. Simon Cow? No. Well, he one. owns everything,
1: right? Simon Cowell?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Does he own? Did he own that franchise? He must, no. He, he no, must. No. I he think must. he started out as a judge, and then he went off and his own thing. That's the other Simon, the other British Simon, get that started it. Um, but That's actually, it. no. You know, New Zealand, um, the the Idol franchise came out of Bliss. I know. Um, <laughs> you say that with a grimace. <laughs> not
1: not our proudest moment, I don't think, or not. Yeah. <laughs> not in my opinion. No. Okay. Yeah. Hey, well, let's um, <laughs> let's go and talk to Eddie then. Right, you are.
0: Now
1: let's do this. Don't give up your day job. I mean, I, I what I think is funny is, is um, you seem to be so casual about your ability to just exist as a full-time musician. You know what I mean? Like you mm. just seem to like do gigs, and it's like, yeah, that's what I do. Mm.
2: Yeah, well, that's, well, that's, I've always wanted to do music, right, right from the weird guys. So yeah, it's always been a. Natural progression that's just going to be life is doing music. So. Did you start off having like regular day jobs at all? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I was, I did just uh, when I left school, I was working as a builder, uh-huh. uh building appren- a builder's apprentice, yep. and um, I was uh, loading trucks for a while with my dad mm-hmm. and just various warehouse work and whatnot, and then uh. I remember talking to my boss And saying Look I want to go out And start getting some gigs In the afternoons Doing playing. My idea was to play piano In, the, in hotel foyers and stuff mm. I heard there was good good coin Doing that so. yeah. I said to my boss Who was, became a quite, quite a good mate And um, uh, and I said oh. And he goes Yeah well if you can get it We'll, we'll work around you And he was pretty supportive of it and That never happened But that was my <laughs> first inklings Of doing it <laughs> Right And then it just sort of I just happened to land A couple of gigs and then, uh, In town Just playing some guitar And, and that sort of escalated Like regular yeah, Res- yeah, like residency. Res- a residency. A yeah. friend of mine, a uh, friend of a friend, said, "Do you want to come and play now in, yep. in our bar?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, cool." So,
1: did you just did you just phase out the building work at that point?
2: Yeah, well, work that that kind of work, that kind of work just took over. Right, just, you know, one night, two nights, three nights, and then you just go, "Oh well, I don't really need to, to get up and go to work." Yeah, I was doing both for a while. Mm. Quite, uh, for and I went back to doing both to help out a friend's company. Um, he was a, he was starting a fruit and veggie company. I did some admin for him, so. I was doing full-time gig, gigs and full-time day work as well for a while. Yep. It, was, it was pretty hardcore. But, so went for a year, and then the company folded. So, so ah, was, and that, did,
1: that kind of left you out there in the cold then, so well, you just had to make it happen.
2: Well, not really. No, I was already doing both. It was, yeah. oh, by that stage, I was doing both. I was making, just making good coin. Yeah. Um, but, and I was, I was enjoying the, the discipline of doing day work it was it was pretty hardcore i was right. working all the time
0: so right. clearly they're paying you too much and that's why they went under yeah <laughs> well, that's what sort of admin work were you doing not well, paying uh, the bills facebook and stuff you uh, know um <laughs> you know
2: uh you know eating avocados from the bin <laughs> it was pretty good free breakfast it was yeah it was, it was early early morning starts It was like four o'clock in the morning to 12 kind of things and just truck drivers come in and they're just you know and you just give them the docket you now you write the dockets and four of o'clock of in, in the morning sort. Four the, it was fruit and veggie So the, you've got to have All that sort of stuff that's, a, um, that's about when you get to bed After a gig isn't yeah. it? Yeah So right. I'd, I'd finish Maybe at two sometimes Yeah Go home <laughs> And nap for like an hour If I could Yeah Just slam it in And then like You'd be tired So it, it was pretty easy Then you just get up quickly you know, Maybe have a shower Maybe not Go to work <laughs> Do that Finish at twelve Go home Crash out um, And then be up again at six And ready for another gig maybe How yeah, long did that lifestyle last? Like, yeah Exactly a year Really? Mm. Wow. I took 2 weeks holiday over my um uh for my birthday. Yeah. Um went to Aussie and um came back and they go oh don't come back to work and I'm like oh why not because the company's not there anymore. It's gone. So <laughs> oh, it was shit. a shame yeah. it was a shame <laughs> of a good friend of mine and uh yeah, his business partner. Yeah. Did the dirty on him so. Right. Yeah, so but you must
1: have been fucked up after a year of that. A year of not no, having no, properly. I
2: mean, it was it was no worse than probably someone that lives like that. You no know, the real Has a real Kind of Normal lifestyle mm. Having kids Having a full time job I mean it's just It wasn't That hardcore It wasn't that Hard the Music wasn't hard Yeah The job itself Wasn't that difficult It was just So you just I mean and just It's just Got to manage your time That's all mm. I mean, it's, it's doable Yeah But yeah It was probably I wouldn't want to be, be Doing it now Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah
0: Well it's a lifestyle choice In a way isn't it But, um, but it, So you're How many gigs a week Are you doing now uh, it depends um it varies
2: from four to six seven right yeah yeah yeah. Like, so seven nights a week or are you doing two a day sometimes two a day quite often really yeah okay. yeah fridays are generally two a day sometimes two on a saturday oh, okay sunday thursday monday and have you yeah. just
0: always
1: had Gig, like when one goes away, another one yeah, ha- turns it's, up. Sort of those. Yeah, like one of those things. Yeah. I'm really bad at market. I don't market. <laughs> right. I'm,
2: just, I'm just don't do it. Yeah, I just don't care for it. I you mean, seem, but you know, I've been lucky. I've been very lucky. I don't know how it's worked out like that. But you, just I has, think you have like a,
1: a way about you, which is sort of like a, a sort of an organic marketing. Because you're, well, I hope so. I think because you're out and about well, a lot, and you you seem to know everyone. And and, I, and yeah. I, I mean, I've been out with you and, and witnessed you talking to someone and set up a gig right in front of me. Oh, really? And it seems to be just like a casual like, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah, why not? Well, so someone asked
2: me to do it. And then it's like, OK, cool. Sure. I mean, you offer a gig. You go, cool. All right. Yeah. yeah. You know. We're
1: well, making the point earlier, though, that, um, that so many people sit at home and yeah. then wonder why the work's not coming in. You know, that you do actually have to. Look I just don't wonder do- why the work's
2: not coming in. It just does come in. <laughs> I mean just, I just I don't know it's just, No but you go out you go, You're out there doing stuff Well I guess it's, Yeah it's a chicken and egg thing You're If you're there Out there doing it Then you people will see you, you Might want to ask you to do more Yeah mm. um, The nature of working in bars too I mean if you, you know And that's a lot of My work is bar work is, is that you'll get someone Working in one bar And they'll go to another bar And, and if you They like what you do And generally people do like what I do So mm. they'll go And they'll say Well hey we've got this guy That used to play at our old bar you know, we would love you to come and play here. Yeah, and that's just escalated. And then so there's only so mouth. many bars, and then then that, that, mm. that keeps circulating. Two people just go around and around, and then everybody seems to starts to know who you are. I guess yeah. so your your out. ability is your calling card, isn't it? Really, I, I mean, guess so. I hope so cause it's of, yeah. of, because it's the thing I've. I don't have any actual paper cards. So I don't do Well, anything. word of mouth is a valid uh, <laughs> form of marketing. Yeah. So. yeah, and it seems to have worked out good. I mean, I've I've always been lucky. You know, I don't get bad press from anybody, as far as yeah. I know. Um, did you so, get any bad press with the New Zealand Idol? Stuff? Uh, well, I mean, only from the judges <laughs> 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 and the rest of New Zealand. <laughs>
0: but what did your museo friends at the time say when you went, when you told them you? Oh no, everyone was real supportive of it. I yep. mean,
2: yeah, it was just one of those things. I, I, I kind of thought of it as like a as a kir- massive karaoke competition, and I was just like, and um, I was living in Coromandel at the time. I moved back down there. I was sort of I moved to Auckland. Then, kind of just I was quite depressed. I right. well, no, no, just going through depression mm. Why not? i you know, struggle with it more anxiety than anything but yeah was that a career um oh it was just life and stuff i was just figuring stuff out and yeah you know and I, i've always been yeah i've always sort of sat there and just try to put things into perspective and was having sh- I was struggling at that time to do that so right and so i, I went back to Cairo and, and uh where i'm from and uh a friend i was working at my parents uh my foster parents gas station mm-hmm. and Another girl that worked there, she was a singer. She, she'd gone to Thames and she'd got the form for the Idol thing, uh, and brought it back and said, "You gotta fill this in and do it." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, I'll do okay." It. Did that, Send it off, and then you, you go up to Auckland and do the um, yeah, do the the trial, and um, yeah, just get on getting through through that. But yeah, and 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 uh, I just wanted to see if I was basically good enough to get get into the top ten. Right. That, was, right that was that was my goal i thought that that'll be i'd be cool if i get in the top 10 yeah that'd be that'd be nice i mean were you doing it for
1: exposure or like do you have some
2: bigger, yeah, bigger mean, idea around it yeah in a way i guess i was um but it was more just a, i don't know really it was something to do yeah it was an opportunity to try something mm. and you know so, what did yeah. you
1: perform sorry what did you perform like did you covers uh, yeah It was all cover, song, was all show, cover right? songs yeah. Yeah. You're not but, allowed to do originals right?
2: No nah, it was pretty close uh, Yeah it was a pretty Yeah regimented right. uh, System of What you could do Yeah So yeah. Um, Which I found pretty stifling Yeah I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of that Right Like having to do a 70s song And it had to be disco So mm. that was like Oh really They narrowed it down that much Yeah you had a style And you had a decade to do that style and Like so there's a different, different theme For each episode Yeah sort of So mm-hmm. like 80s, 90s gosh. rock or something Or you know so ah. So that was Annoying yeah, but did you get to choose the song of that? You genre? did, yeah. you did, and you know, so you know, but there was nothing from that. I didn't really want to do any seventies disco. It wasn't where right. I was at in my head. I ended up doing a uh, Stevie Wonder Superstition. Oh yeah, uh, you know, which was you know, it was all right, but I just didn't wasn't familiar enough with the song, mm. so I just had to sort of you know, try and learn that over the weekend, and just trying to shove stuff into your head. Sometimes it doesn't work that well. I remember I had the lyrics on, my Hand so on my hand. <laughs> oh yeah. Scene, so <laughs> it right do, and, and are the the songs arranged for you, or do you get to input to that? Um, yeah, yeah. So we sat down with um this guy called Adrian and uh, and Eddie Rayner mm-hmm. and we and we organised. Uh, yeah, we sort of just chewed through it and I think we just gave each other suggestions on how it should go. We, obviously, you have to fit it into a two minute uh, box and whatnot. So you always want to get the first you know, the first chorus, first chorus out, band. right. Like a getting- no room for a bridge or anything. <laughs> no, exactly. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so
0: yeah, yeah. They've got advertisers; they got to fit in and around you, you know. So yeah, you you can't- exactly. So, and you know, they just want the meat,
2: really. Yeah. You know, they just want to see what can be done, so they don't, they don't want the uh, they don't want the middle eight now. Yeah, It's no. not required. And what um, was, what,
1: what was um, the the after effect like? I mean, I, I think a lot of people get the impression that you go on these shows and you've got a career set
2: up for you. Yeah. Well. I don't know. It felt like that's what we were being told. Yeah. But um, and that i got offered a, a few pitch. things. Yeah. To be honest, and uh, Paul Wells offered me a couple of things, mm-hmm. and nothing that really I was into. He was pretty cool. Uh, pretty supportive, but nothing that I, I just. It was more singing other people's stuff in a style that and the songs just didn't appeal to me. Right. Um, I just can't really do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't, I'm not into the songs. I guess I'm not going to want to put out an album doing that. So yeah. So I chose not to do that. Um yeah, so
0: yeah. There's a bit of an impression that you uh you sign up to that show and you're pretty much locked into to dealing with the producers or the production company or record companies I, Well you are, in. I think
2: we were locked into Sony BMG for a while. Right. And it was it felt pretty hardcore the way that they put it all down. It's all you know, yeah it's all very business like and uh to be honest with you, I don't really too much notice, of that kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was yeah, it was. I think while it was important, to, uh, while it was, it's uh, um, all there for it. While it was in the public eye, yeah, that was kind of maintained. And then when it wasn't, maybe season two, rolls around or something. Then it kind of just dissipates. And then so
0: you were season one, season one. W- yeah. Who was the winner of that season? Ben. Lung, oh, oh, ben that Lung's. was Ben. Lung's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we were talking it, before we Michael couldn't Michael.
1: we
2: couldn't remember if there was more than one season. Yeah. Three seasons. Yeah, it was three. Well, was oh, three. right Okay. Yeah. So um, three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was.
0: Um, I don't know where we're going with. Just we- getting <laughs> back, back to that contract. So uh, after a while. What it just dissipates, well, or is sure. there an end to it? Well, there must be. I mean, could you release an album today and and not oh, have to yeah. put it out under? No, Sunday? I
2: think. Well, to be honest, I, I just, you know, I just kind of didn't really take too much notice of it. It was right. all very like. I think maybe I'm sure if something had happened, <laughs> <laughs> do you think maybe you should check that? In case you want to do an album tomorrow, and they go, "Hang on a mate, uh, we own that." Oh no! I'm, well, I'm pretty sure it's. I mean, it'll be. Well, yeah, you're probably right. Right. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure someone will put their hand the if someone thinks that they can get something out of me from that they'll they'll, they'll put their hand up and let me know. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll do the hard work and I'll just I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's my general uh, way of uh, looking things. Do you write about, your yeah. own songs? Um I'm not yeah, not a natural songwriter. I, I, I had a band uh actually Danny was a Part of it for about two two weeks. I think two weeks was it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he generally gets fired pretty quickly. <laughs> from no, the band just dis- dissipated as well. it oh, was,
1: uh, it was yeah, a cool band. Bit. I was really excited. Oh, they, it was a great they, band. They asked me to join. I was like, yeah, I'm into it. And then they broke up. I think the singer went to Australia, right? The to Australia. <laughs> yeah. oh, the,
2: the singer and the drummer from uh, guitarist singer, yeah, and, and his brother was a drummer. Talented guy, man. Oh, the they're, they're great guys. Yeah, um great musos. Right. Um, But yeah, their family from Australia and they were quite young. Yeah. And the singer went back and then eventually the drummer Luke went back as well. Matt and Luke.
0: It's such a shame when you hear that you see those great bands that you think, yeah man, they've got a really big future and suddenly they just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. You think of a few like Augustino or the Madison Press. Those bands that were around in the sort of mid, early 2000s. Yeah. That we're talking you, about eight last night. I, I was,
2: right, eight's uh, another one. Yeah, I was doing a gig with uh, Ryan Carroll, and he played with Chris Cope. He was oh, he was right. and oh Chris we, is such we, a lovely guy, man. Yeah. So we're talking yeah. about doing um, just covering like great um, Moments Gone, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and uh, and just you know one of those bands that you know. And he posted up something last week about uh, of them performing at their last gig or something. Moments Gone. Oh yeah, yeah. no,
0: that was at the um, at the studio back in two thousand five. Eh? Yeah. Right. I think we were on that. All oh, right, cool. um, on that gig, and oh, I nice. think it was that was the gig that, if I, if memory serves me, mm-hmm. that Greg Haver heard us play it and, oh, nice. and decided he wanted to play um, be a part of the. Oh, cool! Oh, is that how because
2: because he does a lot of stuff with Jason. Yeah, or, yeah know, that's right. So yeah, yeah. so that, right, that's how we guys
0: met. Yeah, he did two of, two of our albums as well. So oh, um, oh cool! Uh, and I think that was I think that was where he saw us play was with that final eight gig, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, the studio. Oh, I remember
1: cool. seeing um, Matt though perform at a bar one night. I think I was actually out with you, Matt. Um, yeah, yeah, um, and um, he was uh, yeah. I can't remember if he was just like up there for a couple of songs or if he was actually gigging. I can't remember what what the deal was, but I just remember sitting there just being floored by him. Like, yeah, it, it was it, really it, good. I mean, he just it, had that thing. It was it, he had the you know, unfortunately, the name has been ta- kind of taken away from us, but he had the X Factor. Yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. actually. I mean, he yeah. had that kind of Ryan Adams sort of vibe. Eh?
2: Well, he I'd, he'd come to a couple of open mic nights that had run, yeah, and so I, I didn't know him that well, and I and I'd gone to Ozzy at one stage and I got him to cover some gigs for me mm. um, but still didn't we weren't like matey matey or anything. I was out at Koe watching uh, a friend, um, Keri What she was doing a, a, a singer, she was doing a, 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 it was kind of like a singer-songwriter show uh, competition out there Yeah, and Matt was there, he lived out those ways and, and I went, oh hey man and he gave me the CD of his, of his stuff and I was like oh this is really good. Um, Listen to it on the way home, and I was just like wow these songs. I was just like because I am a song is the boss, the top of person. Yeah, love if the song's good, I am like awesome. Yeah, and and he just had all these great songs, and I could just tell this guy was like had it, mm. whatever it was. It was like I want to. I said, so I rang him. I said, hey man, your songs are awesome. Do you, do, can I play with you for, with the rest of this competition? Would you be up for it? He's like, yeah, you yeah, cool. go. So I did harmonies and right. And that. So we sort of joined. Joined up and he goes, I'll get my brother to play drums. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. So and then we became a band after that. Mm. Carry on doing. That. I mean, the
1: you know the industry is is so much often about who you know, not what you know, and mm. so you know, yeah, it's, um, it's so incestuous. Yeah. And I see someone like him, and I just think, fucking, how there's so many um, really, really talented people out there that we will never hear about. Mm. You know, and I, I didn't get to know him that well, but I kind of got the impression that he was never going to be the character that would navigate his
2: way through the the. Kissing us like politics of the industry. No, no, no. We already run into lots of walls with that kind of stuff. And, yeah, um, and I'm—I mean, I don't, I don't really like to have to, you know, do the old you know, how do you say it uh, politely. Um, I don't want <laughs> to suck any dick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the polite version. <laughs> the polite version. And neither does you know. And but you know, I can deal with. I can deal with. You know, I can work around it. I guess. Yeah. And, um, I just, Ma- I just, Ma- always- Maddie was very,
0: very. Pretty, pretty Only recreationally, yeah. Do you want to do any of
2: that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't
0: want to be. I don't have to have to do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be forced upon me. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's a real shame. Like, no, I, I'm I, driving. I, I always yeah. think about um, Bob Dylan, and and would Bob Dylan make it now if yeah. he was starting out now? And I just don't think he'd stand a chance. He just wouldn't play the game. You know, he's Bob Dylan, right? Mm. And, in, and the industry is so different What do you want to days. play What do
2: you want to be involved in that kind of game anyway I don't know Are I don't you, think so that's, no. I think that's kind of the point You'd probably yeah. go fuck this and I don't go, want to be involved with, I mean the, you know The kind of music you hear on the radio I'm just like oh, well, I don't know if I want to be in, I mean as growing up I always thought right The music I heard on the radio was great I yeah. thought it was great Yeah My friends thought it was great We all liked the same music mm. And I was like cool I want to be one of those people Making great music on the radio mm. But I don't want to be doing it I don't really want to do that now I, I hear stuff on the radio I'm like, I don't want to that's not the world I want to be in. I don't like it. I just right. don't like the music. Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> what is the world I want to is it? Or is it, you're not old. You, you, your music really does suck. I think, but, it, <laughs> but, it's, <laughs> but it's definitely changed. Oh, no. I,
1: it's really easy to say. To I just find it very boring. You know? th- I mean, there's good music that's what? coming out, but it's, it, it, you know, when you start saying that, older music was better and new music is shit. Mm. You know, you do sound like, like the, the grumpy old guy. And, and but I know that's not true. It's not strictly true. It's, it's not strictly it's true. It's what
2: the radio is, is, is pumping out. And what exactly. The,
1: the, what people need to Which understand North is Street. the industry has actually changed. The type of music that gets through is different to the type of music that got through 30 years ago. Yeah, you know, so like 30, 30 40 years ago, whatever, but it it was,
2: doesn't have much nutritional value. That's what uh, I mean. I think like
1: back then there was there I don't mind different there music. Was, there was always shitty music, music, but then there was always like Peter Gabriel, and then you know what I mean. There was yeah. Stevie Wonder's like yeah, proper musician, musical, mu- innovative, yeah. interesting yeah. shit. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. These days everything seems to be just bland. Mm. And see, I'm talking about radio music. I'm not talking, you know, no, exactly. And I'll yeah. say
2: there are great. I'm talking about shitloads of great bands. Okay, yeah. I, I, I the other day we we'll just had a quick chat, and I was and um you know and I do and I. I do when I say that I do come across sounding like I guess that um you know I know that there is great music out there. I'm just it's not so easy to get exposed to it. Yeah, know? and mm-hmm. and also you can't say turn around to your mate and share that with your friends sometimes because they don't know who th- those people. Right, it's you know? not like you hear on the radio and you'll go, yeah, this is great. We'll go to the concert. You have to really work hard to you know have that community of. I mean, that's what I like about music a lot of the time is being able to go to a mate's place and we both chuck on something and yeah. just both know it well is that's that, isn't, whole that, isn't that a
0: better way though because no, only the best of the best will cut through if, if it's worth sharing around and pushing you in know, a way
2: it is but I mean I don't want to have to work that hard to just enjoy mu- music with a friend I just want right. I want the stuff that gets presented to me to be good because the other thing is that I think, you know. but, that, but then you're talking about
0: how the what you hear on the radio is not something that you're into but that's how people get to have that connected um, you know approach to music They're, oh yeah I heard that on the radio mm. that's so, but you're saying the current radio state is just not your. Well, thing, I don't or? listen to
2: it, so I mean, I, I mean, anymore I, right. when I hear it, I, I just don't like it. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's. You know, Do you it's, think I, I just f- I just I just find it's just like it goes it just doesn't take me anywhere. It doesn't. I like tension and music and for me, and it's just, just totally my opinion. But it just mm. I just like tension and music, and it's just I don't, I don't find any tension. In music I just in, wonder
0: whether it, we might be calling this too early. It might be calling bullshit. I, mean, I don't know, but you know, in, in terms of in. Times of sort of existential turmoil, as when we were talking about earlier, musicians or artists come to the fore. Yeah, are we f- are we seeing the start
2: of that now with the whole? I think. Broken, s- I you think know- sometimes. I, well, I think back on how stuff's been in the past, and um, you know, the eighties was. I mean, even though I, I like a lot of eighties music, but it's probably it was similar to what we're getting now. It was just a lot of stuff coming out that it maybe wasn't quite. But a, then we got
0: grunge come off the back of that, you know? Yeah, exactly.
2: So I'm thinking. And it was yeah, some high stuff in the '80s too, and, and hip
0: hop. You know, the you know the real hardcore kind of that yeah. all came out
2: after the '80s. Yeah, and great hip hop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I love good '90s, like early '90s hip hop. Mm. Mm. Might have been because when I was a teenager, but <laughs> but I was you know I was a yeah you know, I love it. Listen back to it now. The musicality in it is yep. great. Yeah, you know the and the cadences and 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 in the just the production the 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 messages space, too. The lyrics, the messages, there exactly, yeah. were messages in it. Yeah, you know exactly. So. Yeah, so, so maybe we've we've just come through the second r- r- yeah. version of the eighties, and, and we're about. Well, to... Well, it comes down to whether there's enough people, whether the music that's got all that good stuff in it gets mm. a chance to be, to, to rise to the fore again.
0: I mean, not to go too off on a different tangent, but you look at you know TV these days. TV used to be really fucking you know formulaic, b- yeah. procedural. Cop dramas and shit like it's that. It's kind of but gone. now, there, look at weird. where we are now with so many great shows. Around. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. You know, so maybe it's a we're in the middle of or we're in the beginnings of a cultural kind of yeah change. I of, hope of, that music does the same.
2: Like you know, as far as what. What it gets, you know, put put through.
0: Except um, we're being so fucked over that we haven't got really any kind of breathing space to be able to. <laughs> right. How do you mean? You know, in terms of like yeah, financially, yeah. you are know, making a living from it oh, for yeah. most people, sales yeah, or
2: and um, streaming and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I always, I, the way I think of recording music now is, is you got to treat it as a calling card. It, it's, a, it's your advertising it's a business mm. card. Yeah. That's yep. the way I, I, don't, I don't expect to make. I mean, you can make music off it, but don't expect to make music off it. I, I, I don't think. Make I think money you can, off it. Yeah. Use it as. Like people come to our, come to you, know, come to my shows. If you'd like the CD or, mm-hmm. the, or like the MP3, come to the show, mm-hmm. and, then, and pay to see us live.
0: So It's like a three and a half minute advert.
2: Yeah, that's the way or, I kind of or tend to think. Or if you're snarky
0: puppy, 12 and a half minute advert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Although, what's as a as a strange kind of irony to that, or is irony the right word? But I mean, now you have to spend so much more money to make a competitive album as well. That's that, that's the funny thing. As album sales have declined, mm. you know, you can't necessarily get away with putting out something that's um too low fi these days you know it has to be shiny and high production to get have any chance of being on the
2: radio well or you've got to have a few tricks under your sleeve to make it to give it something that that pops like the bon Vera album for instance i want to record up in this yeah um
1: seems like an i mean great example but mm. possibly just an exception though yeah <laughs> <possibly>. yeah true, <laughs> true yeah
2: well you know um that's not the type of music that generally tends to break through is it yeah.
1: no and in and, and similar fashion to how you're uninterested in radio and I'm with you on that one mm. um, I think a lot of artists are just like stopping caring you know like getting the song on the radio these days is not really part of the no, plan that's, anymore that's who gives a shit it's my
2: motivation yeah. to want to because I'm not like a, I'm not a natural writer I'm a natural collaborator I love to mm. collaborate with, a, with an idea I'm mm. like yeah I'll put all the stuff on it but coming up with a nucleus and, and trying to do all that by myself is really difficult mm. and and, and there's so many there's other, other ways to radio. get your music out these I'm days. I'm like, well, I mean, what? am what not, not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for me and I want it to be heard, I guess. Yeah. And what, who's going to hear it? So uh, it does take some of the impetus out of out of me writing myself well, I think
1: I think these mm-hmm. days you're you're either a radio artist you're, or you're a, <clears throat> not a radio artist you know what I mean like yeah. like it's, it's like jazz musicians haven't mm. been on pop radio for a long time mm. but they still make jazz records they just promote it differently yeah, yeah for sure a- and I think that you know uh, yeah, that, oh, that's, yeah that's yeah, yeah exactly you are, you're either going to play the radio game or mm. you're not no you know and it just turns out that
2: these days most music isn't the radio game <laughs> you know mm. no yeah I think to just like I like pop music and I think you know I like pop I like complex pop music, and that's the type of the thing I'd, I'd want to write. Yeah, you know, stuff like that's got you know, interesting, interesting, but still pop. Yeah, that's what interests me. Yeah, um, and I, I just don't know where. I- i kind of fit into that whole whether there's a spot for complex pop music like uh i don't know there must be but I don't, I don't know i really don't know too much about it
1: i think you could argue there's a demand for most things it's just a matter of figuring out how to connect with the audience mm. and i'm
2: really I'm pretty lazy <laughs> when it comes to that i, think. <laughs> I just gotta do so it So
0: how and, the fuck are you doing it full
2: time yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know it's just lucky all right yeah. it really is luck. i mean i, I i've got a few ideas they're pretty far out about how that kind of works but um uh, that's a whole out, this is a different podcast. Can't, can't be as far <laughs> out of some
0: of the conversations we've been having about alternate universes. <laughs> oh, good. What you mean? Good. You've
1: been having? I've been sitting here. Well, sorry, one way <laughs> <of> conversations <laughs> that I've been having.
0: I'm sure you were talking back. Maybe I'm talking to myself, in the I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Yeah. Well, we've got we've way we've gone way out on a
1: tangent. a tangent!
0: Yeah, that's kind of the the way, though, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I'm on a tangent all the all the time. Lucky you're not a pilot.
2: So, at what point did you get kicked off New Zealand Idol? What did you do wrong? Uh, everything, I think, danced. <laughs> Tried to dance. <laughs> did you? <laughs> they made me try to dance. It wasn't fair. Oh, that's not cool. Maybe looking to the red. Look at the red light. Dance and wear those cheesy clothes. <laughs> oh um, shit! Yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh, that's, that's Definitely cold. not my idea of performing. What no. song did you go out on though? Somebody love like Queen. Oh okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it, I remember my voice broke on. The can last you sing night. that high? I can belt it out. All right. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. Exactly Freddie. Freddy quality Calibre right, Eddie but actually it, has a very Beautiful high voice Do you I, wouldn't yeah. You wouldn't tell from his Gruff Thanks. speaking voice oh. No but no it's, it, it's definitely a different Thing isn't it It's like yeah. you know How you, when you talk And when you sing You use a different part Of the, of the brain Yeah Because when I sing I can sing quite clearly When I talk I tend to mumble And stutter and, Yeah And whatnot. not um, Because it's a different Part of the brain And, it, and it's like that um, Singing I tend to Sing the different Type of uh, I definitely sing Differently than I talk mm. I think but I don't know how that works. Mm. Just use the uh, use the force on the <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> how did it feel when when you got? Uh, did you so you got voted off? Is that how it works? I'd never even yeah, watched the show. I was actually
2: before. you know this is the thing, this is why I don't I don't like talking about it too because I actually enjoyed. Um, I was glad I was gone. Right. But you know you don't want to say that because you'll go. Oh, you should say that because you didn't get, make it through to number one or like that. But yeah. um no, I was happy to be. I was really didn't like the experience that much. You know, it was, right? It wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't probably like that for everybody, but I just didn't. I was, like I said, I had an an anxiety issue at the time. I was Mm. quite anxious. So, uh, in fact, after I did that show, that's when it started to go away, believe it or not. There was something about doing that show that was quite cathartic Ah. in a horrible kind of way. Maybe it helped you kind of figure yourself out, like ground yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of, I guess, being a muso, you always think, oh, what's like going to be like being in sort of that public... Domain, yeah, and then you do that to a degree, and then you come out of it and you go, Oh, god, that was awful! <laughs> so it put me on the back foot for a long time, but it, but it also, um, but it also, um, you know, it sort of made me sort of have to deal with it. With it, yeah. is there it any was,
0: any way that you maybe sabotaged yourself so you would get thrown off, or
2: not consciously, right? Um. But potentially, because I'm definitely, you know, I'm always thinking this stuff going on subconsciously that you that you don't know about. Yeah. So right. yeah, I mean, I know I wasn't really enjoying it. I, I didn't realize how invested you were in it. I kind of figured this is what I was thinking: you mm. turn up, you sing on the night. You obviously you practice your song during the week. You tune up, you sing the song. Do you get through? Oh yeah, you get through. Maybe or you don't. Um, you go home, and chill again for the week, and yeah. then <laughs> then next Saturday or whatever it is, you know, you, you do it. You go back and um. Then do it again. So that wasn't you no. Know, it didn't realise how you, they own you. Yeah, you right. Know, that's so, so so You're so taken so. away. I was. I just started a new relationship. Yeah. Uh we just got a house. Uh, it was in Cobal uh, up from, uh, in Pepperatai actually. Um, up from Coromandel. And and it, like I was sort of taken away for a couple of months straight away. And I didn't. Neither of us realised that was kind of going to oh, happen. Jesus. Till, yeah. Until not long before the show started. So
1: what did a regular week look like?
2: Uh well. Okay, let me think about it now. I would, there were two show There were two show nights. Mm-hmm. So there was the the performance night, then there was the judging night. I can't remember what nights of the week. They were
1: ah, on. they're different nights. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They cut together to look like one night, though,
0: right?
2: No, no. I think it was on... No, they were, you, oh, they, they, no, were, they were, were two nights. different There was a okay. time
0: when that American Idol was on every night of the week, I think. Was, was it? their version of it. I think so. I'm pretty sure it was like Monday through Thursday or something. Wow.
2: Mm. And then there's the live performance night, too, isn't there? So, yeah, and I can't remember what night... I was really. I think was well, Sunday. I think Sunday was the voting off night. Yeah. Right. And then there was another night, probably the night prior or the night or Friday night maybe that was on. I can't remember. But um, what was the question again? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, what <laughs> what, was, what did the week look like? What was your Monday oh right choice? so yeah. um yeah so it was like we had the house there's ten of us in the house and that all down obviously. Um. And oh, you was, all lived in the house. Yeah, yeah. So we had this house. It was out green. Uh, it was up. Sort of up. Interesting. West, so it had uh, like a was, big brother factor to it. There was that, and that was kind of hard too. I can imagine it was very egoy. Yeah, real competitive. Yeah. Not, yeah, it wasn't so much competitive. It was just very a lot of people popping off, a lot of you know young popping cats, off. You know, just having, <laughs> well. And, you know, uh, you know, everyone was very excitable. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know, and living in I like my space. So Alpha personalities. So, gotcha. Or, yeah, of. and there's a lot of yeah, very very strong personalities in the house together, which I found quite tiring. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Imagine! I can't see you being in that situation. No, it wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, the people themselves were great, but yeah. not as a group. It was, it was. I, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, you know, that aspect of it. So, you go there, you did not really relax. You go, you sit. This is the thing that I. Now, this is the thing that I would bring up. Is is your was at South Pacific Studios? Yeah. And I didn't realize then um, how much um, aircon is a factor on people's voices. It is on my voice yeah. I don't know about other people uh, Some people don't seem To be affected by it But I know I am And I, I put a post On Facebook recently About it oh, It totally um, dries you out eh? Well I think it does Yeah well yeah. it does for me And some, like I say, Some people don't, Doesn't seem to be a, 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 An issue But mm. um, but we were in that building um, Like for the show All day You know And most days We were there Knocking around in the studio mm. And um, that definitely Affected my performance My singing performance On the show Yeah Yeah it took like It took notes off me Right. But, you know, which was quite interesting. So, that, yeah, it was. that's annoying. I think yeah. that's something that should be, that should have been addressed. Yeah. Potentially, but I don't know. That's just me.
1: Mm. Um, so then, so you're living in this house and then what do, you, yeah. what, what, what do you do every day? Like, you go into rehearsals or something or?
2: So, yeah, we, you'd go and you'd, you'd get your song that you're doing for the week that you'd go. So you'd go down to, there's a studio on Ponsby Road. So we'd go there with Adrian, Eddie, and we sit down and we'd sort of map out how we're going to do the song. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, get that down then you get your version back that the bounce down for you you practice to that for the week um you learn dance routines and stuff like this you have mm-hmm. wardrobe uh you know sittings to see what you're gonna wear so uh and practice and you got you got cameras to look at when you know certain cameras then when you look at right so red light come on this is a red light come on so this kind of thing so, so you have to practice that routine of where basically and then you've got groups there were group songs and stuff <clears> so you got to practice those as well right
0: yeah and presumably, presumably, you're not paid to do this. So you,
2: we had a, I think we got a 400 dollar allowance a week. A week,
0: yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's really cheap for the, cheap entertainment for them, and you know.
2: Well, yes, it really does. Yeah, and, and especially
0: um, if we knew how much they had made out of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I
2: don't know. Oh, I don't know. Sound, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it
1: just no, seemed no, like you guys had a look of the eye. I no. <laughs> I'm just assuming it was shitloads. Yeah. Probably, I, yeah, I probably. kind
2: of always just think of about Idol as New Zealand Idol as it was TV, not really music. It was about Tally, tally. It was kind of the world that it, not really, of course. Uh, I know much about. It was, it was, but didn't really feel like it was much about the music per se as, mm. yeah, as, as telly. We've tally. had
0: uh, a few other guests say the same thing. Yeah. Who, who have played in the bands on those shows. Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah, it's not about music, it's about TV
1: yeah and we didn't have
2: we didn't, we didn't even have live bands on that show we had it was you know it would have been nice to have that um yeah like a session band something like um uh you know got talent would have been a bit way better fit for if i was doing it if i was going to do something right like that now yeah which i wouldn't but, <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been definitely i would have been a lot more a lot happier in that kind of environment where mm. i could sort of you, know, you can just do what the hell you're going to do yeah and perform to you your strengths right because um, you know you get try to you get you get put in a box, and it's like, and my experience has told me don't do what people tell you to do, mm. Mm. do what you just go with your instincts. instinct. Instinct, yeah. and it's all. I mean, I don't play the guitar properly. I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> honestly, I don't. I don't sing properly. I remember. I, I don't think Susan Lynch had a very easy time trying to teach me how to sing. And it, it was my fault. I was just not. I'm not very easy to teach. Right. Because I've got my own ideas on things, um, which, which sometimes we can, sometimes don't. But so far, so good. You know. <laughs> Um but so I've just had to figure out my own way of doing things. It's a way I'm wired. And yeah. trying to fit into that formulaic thing was just definitely not enjoyable for me. So that's I think probably that coloured though, my whole experience of the whole of the whole thing. I think
1: that exposes a flaw in those shows, not a flaw in the Well, it's you. like school, isn't it? I mean like, I, I think about you you're saying school, you, you're saying you don't play guitar properly and, and well, not you like know,
2: a, not, not how you'd get taught to.
1: No, but that's my point. Like, think about the number of amazing guitarists in history who yeah. have played totally unconventionally. Yeah, like Mark Knopfler and yeah. Jeff Beck and shitloads well, of. Well, Hendrix plays
2: with, played with his thumb. That's definitely did he? Not, yeah, he, put a, he used to put his thumb right round. There you go. Oh,
1: you mean on the left on the um, left hand?
2: Oh, yeah, his, yeah, his, his right front. hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his fret hand. Yeah. Which is is that is that a technique that's generally frowned upon? You know. Um. No. Oh, okay. I always yeah. kind of thought it was like you don't use your thumb to play guitar. It's that's behind the. the oh, I think I
1: think Hendrix and players like that have been you know so famous for so long They're now it, that it's become the new convention. So there you go. Yeah. So but yeah, before it's then changed. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if you learn classical or flamenco or something, there's a quite a different playing style. Right. And I think for a long time, gu- guitar tuition was still anchored in the conservative past of like you learn classical. Yeah, right. Um, and, and I, I love classical music it's just a different way of doing yeah, it you know? Cool. And, and one of my favourite like, guitarists is Dominic Miller and he tends to Dominic Miller I was just thinking he, about him yesterday he flips through all, the, all these different styles like he's classical but he, yeah. then he steals from jazz and he steals from rock and yeah. to me that's really exciting yeah well thanks for stopping by anyway and yeah, yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for having me great, great chatting really pretty
0: fun yeah well that was Eddie Gager um,
1: really cool to have him on
0: Yeah, I'd never met him before, Um, and I don't even remember the the New Zealand Idol um, thing way back in the day, but... Did you watch it? uh, No, I couldn't honestly say that I did. Um, Yeah, I know of the artists that came through it, like um, the Rosita Vies and the Ben Lummises and the Mike Mm. Murphys, Mm. Um, but I never was that fully engaged with it, no. No, I never did
1: the reality show thing, personally. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and yet we slag it off so much in this uh, podcast—the X Factor <laughs> thing—in a way. I'm happy to, but a great conversation with Eddie about the sort of the behind-the-scenes mechanics. Yeah, of, of that um, way of doing things. Yeah, exactly.
1: He's a guy out there doing it, you know, because minding his own business and making money out of music. It's, yeah, I said to him when I asked him beyond the episode, um, it's quite interesting that you're a, a full-time professional musician, right? Mm. I, I, I said that's quite rare, isn't it? And he goes, "Is it?" oh i guess so <laughs> yeah and like he doesn't right. even realize just so there's <laughs>
0: our fear about the whole thing yeah, yeah. but i mean so, that, maybe that seems to work for him yeah and yeah it does so yeah. well i just had to um eddie says he doesn't really listen to podcasts uh and he he's going to go back and listen to all the old ones yeah, of, right. of ours and he's a big fan of the joe rogan well his friend is and he's talking him into it so i had to download them onto his phone just now yeah and typical musician had a phone with a busted screen on it <laughs> yeah yeah and can't be bothered fixing it or getting it done and um, and saying you know he really wants to make time for finding time to listen to podcasts yeah. and we recommended a couple of course re- recommended our own podcast for him to listen to
1: <laughs> and a few people have said to me over, over the year um, you know I don't know when I would ever get a chance to listen To a podcast It's like People Some people have said It's like an hour and a half long How the fuck would I listen to that Yeah And I was like I didn't see it as a problem But when do you listen to them
0: Um, Generally when I'm driving somewhere Mm. You know Um, Yeah or even the the rare occasions that I get on a treadmill and take a walk. they it's so handy, man. You're yeah. just sitting there and you're getting lost in the conversation. You're, yeah you know. Sometimes with podcasts I want to jump into the conversation and say, No, you're full of shit <laughs> Or you agree with someone, you know. So um yeah, even just out doing chores, taking a walk, driving to work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, same. I love it when I'm driving. Yeah. You know,
1: especially getting stuck in Auckland traffic. Yeah. You know, really breaks it up. And I, I, I walk the dog and, you
0: know, all the time and listen to them then. And Sometimes yeah. when you're doing the taxes or you're doing your receipts or whatever, you just yep. have it on the background. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always time for, for something like this. And it's actually a lot less. Ing- I mean, people have how much time do they spend watching TV and Netflix and so forth. Mm. Um, Where well, you've got to be fully engaged, otherwise you'll miss because you know, it's a very visual medium, right? But yep. with this, you can just have it on the background. Yeah, like
1: I'd sit here doing my admin work in the office, answering emails and things, listening to them. Yep. It's brilliant. What's some of your favorite podcasts? Um, I like, you mean other people's podcasts? Yeah, I, I, I really like... <laughs> well, <laughs> you,
0: I'm assuming that you mean ours
1: is one of your favorites? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, I listen to Mark Maron's a lot. He's yeah. probably the one that I'm most into these days. Um, the the first series that I really got into was one that's now no longer. It's called I'd Hit That. Oh, yeah. And um,
0: Yeah, you introduced me to that. Right, the the drum the one at, the drummer, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and yeah, he talks to all these different session musicians. That's very music orientated. Mm. Um, and I just remember thinking, wow, what an amazing resource, you know? Like, there's there's so much bad information out there about yeah. music and gear and things like that. And like, all you need to do is spend any time on YouTube, and you're probably watching a lot of rubbish, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and I just thought, wow, you can listen to these podcasts and listen to these long form conversations with some of the world's best session musicians mm. who have been there and done that yep. what an amazing resource yeah i mean holy free HD. and it's yeah and and so um i listened to every episode of that thing i fucking loved it yeah um and i always thought i'd you know somewhere in the back of my head i'd really like to do something like that i just it just never seemed like something that would i would, I would actually do it didn't really seem like my kind of character would fit yeah that kind of thing um, and yet,
0: circumstances come around. Here we are. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, it's, and it's really enjoyable. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I like, there's one that i am listening to, Is um, and they're very intermittent that they release episodes, but um, We Hate Movies. Oh, and I And It's heard about of these it. guys who sit down and talk about films, and they they re- it's a comedy podcast, really. They're hilarious, these yeah. guys. But they rip into the. Um, so really, really well-known movies that they clearly love and they know them inside out. Right. But the inconsistencies and in plot um, <laughs> lines and um, some of them they just ripped to shreds just because they're stupid storylines and yeah. stuff like that. Another one is the Dan Carlin um, hardcore history. Mm. Now, they really infrequently come out, probably one every six months, but they're four hours long. Right. So you can dive it in, into them, come in and out when, when you please. And um, that's the
1: thing I, I say to people who ask about, you know, when would I get a chance to listen to them? I don't have an hour and a half spare. It's like, no, you don't sit there for an hour and a half and listen to it necessarily. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you can. But, mm. I mean, I find myself just, you know, I go, I drive somewhere that's half an hour away, I listen to half an hour and then press pause. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. listen to the rest later, you know. Yeah, exactly. Jump yeah. back
0: into it. eh? Yeah. So there's a lot of really good ones out there, man. And Mm. almost for anything, anything that you're interested in, there'll be a podcast around for it. Right. You know, gardening.
1: um, Why do you think podcasts are, are, are taking off so much? I mean, it's a new kind of popular
0: thing, isn't it? Yeah, it seems to be, what's definitely really new in this country, I I think people are just starting to switch onto it, starting to switch onto it in New Zealand. I think it's been around a little while overseas, Um, you know, certainly in the States, it's a new medium for most other countries, but um, I think, when did I start listening to podcasts? Probably about five years ago, Mm. you know, um, when I was doing manual work, Um, you just put it on the background, as they say, and, and... listen to some really great like, like screenwriting podcasts or yeah. podcasts about film music and, and you know what people do uh, and their lives as composers and stuff like that yeah. but you're absolutely right it's that kind of uh, it's, it's not so for instance you look at a chat show a breakfast TV show hmm. they have a they have a whole lot of content shoved into a, a one hour show or three hour show or whatever and they have to get in and out um, of the segment because of advertising, right? Well, the next segment's coming along, and you never get to get delve deep into anything. Yeah, you know. And there's an expectation when you do those shows that there's a certain kind of
1: upbeatness to it. Yeah, you know. Like I've been on those shows, and afterwards, you know, if they say no, that was good, that went really well. Like, like, what they're sort of saying is it was paced properly, and it didn't, you know, there were no pauses, and 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 it was upbeat and exciting, and you know.
0: Yes, yeah, so it was. You know, it was always that kind of happy, shiny. Yeah, our viewers are going to love this. Yeah, kind of thing. Whereas podcasts, you have. Ups and downs and right. troughs and peaks. You know, some of the subject matter that we've talked about with Gavin um, Downey in the past, mm. um, uh, some of it got pretty dark there about, about the, the truth of what it's like to be in the entertainment industry, the, the ups and downs of that. Yeah, and yeah.
1: not not just Gavin. But I mean, you know, I think that's what's yeah. so potent about... Um, this idea of long-form conversation i think it's really funny that in a world with so much technology and communication there's very little organic and honest conversation mm. you know and podcasts in my opinion are one of the only places where you can really get the truth yeah you know and I'm, I'm actually proud of the fact that we're off the grid you know in the mm. sense that we're not set up by the new zealand music industry mm. you know we're, mm. we're not doing this with an agenda no you know? other than,
0: Well we do have an agenda I mean, We've got our own agenda Yeah yeah, yeah
1: But we're not yeah. kissing us or anything
0: No because we don't have to And, that, no. and that's the beauty of, of this new form of media yeah. Is that And the same with uh, I think with YouTubers You know those YouTube channels That are popping up And people are making A lot of money From you know Getting hundreds of thousands Of hits on their YouTube channels mm. For um, And they're, they're stars In their own little sphere Of influence Right, you know? right. Um, And people are finding them And gravitating to them Either for the content Or the way that it's being delivered Yeah Or just because it's not prescribed, scripted... That's right. um, You've got to do 42 minutes in an hour show because we need to fit in all these ads around it. Yeah. And and the other side to this is that there is this
1: reality to the music industry, or the entertainment world in general, but we're both in the music industry, so we're talking Mm. about that. There's this reality reality there that is very important. It's also very interesting, and sometimes it's very funny, Mm. um, but it's also devastating in some ways. Mm. And... It, but isn't that it, life that's life it is life, but I think there there's a this strange um you know conflict with within our industry that we're keeping up appearances all the time and mm. there's a reality behind the scenes and I spoke to gavin downey again he was um we we spoke to him what on e- episode four mm. um, but I spoke to him again uh yesterday, i think it was right uh, and he contacted me while i was while I was overseas a few months ago and said there's a, there's something I really want to talk about. Um, and it's it's the uh the struggle that a lot of the crew members go through in our industry Um, they don't often get acknowledged you know Mm. um there's a lot of mental health issues there's a high suicide rate the rate of depression is incredibly high in our industry yeah there's some very serious things that that need to be talked about Mm. um and who's going to talk about it you know when you plug an album you go on TV and you say everything's great. The tour was brilliant. The album's great. Everything's fucking great. Yeah. You know, uh, you could then go and drink yourself to sleep that night, you know? Yeah, yeah. And
0: that's the reality of it, but it doesn't mm. get talked about, you know? Yeah. And we've lost a lot of good people over the years. Yeah, right. And it's very surface level. What were you, I, I mean, I'm not in any way inferring that this is what happened to Prince or Michael Jackson, but... Mm look at the the life that those guys led yeah and they they were taken early they were taken too right. early you know and and they're the famous ones but yeah. then there's
1: all the other people as well the all the riggers and the the lighting yep. guys and you absolutely. know absolutely yeah. And they
0: are the industry too the yeah. the, the, sh- the show cannot go on without those guys yeah
1: yeah um so he came over and we had this a uh, really really uh, I, what i felt was a very important conversation great I, I mean,
0: i'm looking forward to it now let's do this <laughs>
2: Job.
3: I think I think currently it's a really good place to talk about the mental health state of the industry because I know recently the New Zealand Music Foundation, look, I should have done my homework. I should have. This is terrible. There's a, a new foundation that's funded by I think New Zealand on air has some funded some money into it. I'll just have to double check. Is this New Zealand? Yeah, New yeah. Zealand, which mm-hmm. has come out and they've done a launch, which is basically looking after the mental health of the New Zealand music industry. Yes. Now, oh, I did that survey. Did you do yeah, it out? Yep. Yeah, 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 Where it spanned from is is overseas. I don't know where it started, but I know Australia a few years ago started a survey, which they went over about a year. Mm. We've briefly spoke about it before. If you can't, if people can't remember. Just basically trying to catalogue experiences of people working in the music industry and their dealings with depression, anxiety, yep. suicidal thoughts, things like that, which had come after the study had come out, they'd realised that it's got one of the highest, if not the highest, rates of suicide of any industry. Mm. I mean, it's also come out now that also the event management, which falls into the same category, is also, I think, in the top six most stressful jobs in their world so you know yeah. just behind a soldier and firefighter so well, it's well you sent
1: me um a video well you showed me a video clip on um facebook um about a, a story that was on the abc news in australia um and i yes there what is it they're saying there's 128 people that that have passed away 27 of them are suicides and that the suicide rate in the entertainment industry in australia is
3: double the national average yeah which is a just it's mind-blowing. Shocking. It's yeah. mind-blowing, and yeah. especially when you when you think about it, we're talking about the music industry, and we're not just talking about the singer-songwriter. We're talking about the four people that are behind the engineers, the right. production crew, the guitar techs, the drum techs, the lighting people, the truck drivers. You know, all the people that go towards keeping the industry moving, right. whether it's on tour or whether it's you know in the in the production facilities yep. side. And because especially a lot of those people go unseen anyway, you know. When you go to a show, the audience turns up at doors, they see, they'd see. be lucky if they might see a guitar tech walk on stage or a yeah. drum tech hit something, measure something, check something, and then they'll go. Mm. What they don't see is the team of people behind that are all working to put that show on. That's right. Move that tour from city to city and the local people that come in show-by-show show basis yeah. to work on those shows. Now, all of those people are in the industry. They are the music industry. Yeah. And those are the people whose life whose wages everything is is dictated by the industry and how it works and how yep. it runs so and they're m-
1: often far more skilled and talented than the people on the stage to be honest with you yeah, I mean, I know that's an arguable yeah, yeah, point, but yeah. there, I mean, especially oh, if it's, totally, you know, a yeah. pop star comes out and been famous for two years, oh, totally, they don't have yeah, 25 exactly, years like you know, the engineers I mean, do.
3: It's not uncommon to see a front of house engineer that's mixed Pink Floyd in 1970 mixing right. Rihanna in yep. 2015, you know. And they there's, don't get the big royalty checks. No, exactly, you know? know, and at the same time, you know, there's, to, there's tour managers, production managers, guitar techs, drum techs, all these people that, you know, they are not... They're not genre-specific based a lot of the time. So, mm. you know, they're constantly looking for work. They're constantly on call for artists. Yeah, there's A lot of them aren't on retainers. There's only a few acts these days who are paying their crew retainers. Right. You know, which as a retainer is a fee to be paid to you when you're not on the road with the artist yeah it's basically so, like a salary
1: isn't it yeah like it's a, a salary base, a basically salary. It's, it's just
3: yeah. to retain your services yeah. so when say say if you're out with U2 if you're lucky to be in that handpicked <laughs> group that can make the money off U2 yeah. when they finish touring all of their crew will stay on retainer so if U2 suddenly decides to do one more show in Brazil next month they're all available yeah. a lot of the times the tour finishes and then you're straight away looking for other work yeah um and because of the the nature of the industry, there is zero to no contracts. There is zero to no stability. Right. There is nothing really, uh, sort of out there to protect, for you to, to protect, protect you yeah. so much. I mean, America is unionized, yeah. and there is a lot of unions working on site in places so if you go to venues or theatres the staff and the crew will be unionized but mm. the let's say for example the guitar tech drum tech won't possibly be unionized mm. because they're just an itinerant worker is that the right word you know they're basically yep. moving about you know you're, you're you you won't just be working in the city you're in you could be looking for a tour and it might start right. in delaware in london and dubai yep. with an artist and then you're going to tour the world with them okay, so, I, know,
1: I know there's a musicians union <laughs> in australia but does that not include the the tech I don't so think so. No, t- right.
3: tech workers normally come under different there is different unions that they, you know, that there's affiliations that they can be with, right. but the nature of the business unions are very polarizing for some people. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have unions involved, there is a lot of strict stipulations, watching out for the workers, you know, the amount of hours they can work, the places they can work, the amount of time they have downtime, the yep. amount of breaks, which is is great when you when you you know, when you think about it on one side, but if you're rushing to get a show into a stadium and it's gotta be up yeah. and open to doors at eight o'clock, you know, a lot of promoters, production managers and stuff find it a struggle when suddenly after three hours all of your crew walk away and right. you you know for disappear for an hour. Yeah, so yeah. So I mean you, this is
1: this is something I was gonna say before when you were talking about um, you know, you very rarely see the crew members when you go to a show. Mm-hmm. I mean people need to remember that we are putting on a show. Which means that it's about presentation, mm. you know. It, so you're not supposed to see these other no, people. No, exactly. You know, you're not. You it's know, the hidden world behind, right? And and, and and you're supposed to focus on the front man most Absolutely. of the time. Absolutely. And then, like, if the drummer takes a solo, mm. the spotlights go to that guy. Exactly. It doesn't. I mean, we who are experienced and know what we're doing fully understand that we can't be in the spotlight if we don't have a good team behind us. Mm. Um, but that's not. It's, it's, you know, it would be like um, leading the boom mic show in a movie. You know, You're yeah. not, it's not supposed to be there. It doesn't mean it's not there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I always think it's. I always use kind of an example of. You know, as a as a road crew, there's only one person driving the Formula One car, right? But there's all that team that are basically sitting back at base with the headphones on, checking things, and then there's that group of four or five people that are changing the wheels really quickly, refilling the tank, getting it back out there. So and if they they don't do their job, do it in a second, that 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 guy could be dead. Exactly. So you know, also because, like you
1: say, if you're rushing around on a job, you know, there's always the time pressures as soon as one thing goes wrong it's like a domino effect so often it shows you know you lose 20 minutes somewhere and it actually affects the rest of the day yeah you know and all that sort of stuff so when you've got that kind of clipboard committee mentality saying no you need to have a 15 minute break now it's just i think one of the problems that it conflicts with all of our mentality of Mm. of doing whatever it takes to make the show happen and i think um that's probably fueling this problem of people working too long um not I mean, I, I remember an engineer on a job um, that I was involved with who didn't eat all day, and by the end of the day, he was he basically passed out,
3: yeah. and we had I mean, to that's, we that's, had to
1: pull him aside and hydrate him. I'd you like know?
3: to say that's really uncommon, but it's you know it's not at all. No. Yeah, even sleeping. I mean, I it's you would hope that as you get on in your career that those kind of twenty hour days, twenty two hour days, driving through the night after a show to yeah. another bad motel would be, be gone, but it's not. I mean, I know that a year ago last summer there was a tour that had been produced, you know, put together kind of in such a hurry or in such a way that basically we were rigging shows, putting a show on, finishing the show, packing down, packing the trucks, driving three to four hours to the next city to get to a motel yeah. that you hoped was you know good enough and quiet enough to sleep in. Mm. Half the time they were budget motels, were so above nightclubs or something, and you had people making noise. And then you would sleep for four hours, and then you would have to be back on site at sort of 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. And fuck, sometimes I and, can't sleep you know, on those and things anyway. And I'm, you've got you know? tired people driving, yeah. you've got... You know, you've got tired people rigging PAs above crowds, you've got tired people putting heavy things in the ceiling on mm. truss. All of those things are dangerous and you know, and guaranteed if anyone, you know, from the powers that V would possibly came in and, you know, looked at your at your day sheet in front of you was doing, we'd probably be stopped. But for, you know, <laughs> we've kind of got into the mentality that you have gotta do what you gotta to do to put the show on. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing I'm I'm on the side that if you produce your show well you never need to do that you know right. you never need to do you don't need to push your staff to the point where they're there number one unhealthy number two in any form of danger whether it's driving you know I've got friends we've all got friends in this industry that have died in this industry due yep. to road accidents things like that carelessness yep. danger when in situations where you know they were not awake enough to be thinking mm. And you know, so and if a show is put together well, you don't need to do those things. It's... Well,
1: I mean, so I totally agree. I mean, I guess the the big two questions are: why do you think these figures are the way they are, and secondly, what can we do about it? You know, well, like what, why
3: the do, figures? Like, do the, do you think the industry attracts people who are who are already who already have personal problems? Who I think it's too bold. I think the the industry has always attracted people that are slightly more. What is the right word? Maybe mm, I'm trying to think. Life worn. No, life worn. Some people that some people that are a little bit more on the edge than other people. Yep. I mean, some people navigate towards this industry. But I mean, and when we talk about this industry, we're not just talking about musicians. We have to remember we're not talking about just musicians and not sound guys. We're talking about the loaders, the riggers, the That's lighting right. people, the sound people. You know, there's all these different people, and some people drawn towards it because of the, you know, the the kind of. I would almost say the ins- the isolation within the crowd. You know, it's mm. an industry where once you get into it at a certain level, you know, you're kind of left to your own devices at a certain point, mm. you know. Yep. Even though you're traveling with the same group 24-7 all the time, once you get to the venue, you go to your world and you sort your stuff out. Yep. You're not. It's not like you're sitting in a cubicle office with 100 other people, you know. You're yep. very much, you're left to your own devices. And a lot of people who are... You know, not not saying hermits, but you know that kind of thing. where they like that kind of. They like that way of working. There's also the like-mindedness thing as well. Yeah. Like I,
1: I often feel in normal normal situations, doing the quotation marks, um, that I feel like I don't fit. Like all my conversation doesn't work. Oh yeah, it's a totally when, I'm, when I'm around people. It's in a completely our business,
3: odd way to live your life. To yeah. live to live your life in small sections very concentrated over your period of your year yeah, yeah. to be in a situation where you're, you're basically physically living with people 24 seven mm. hotels, stages, rooms. And these are people that you may have never met before, yep. but on the first night you are all sleeping on a bus and right. arms reach away from people <laughs> yeah, yeah. for two, three months, maybe longer, maybe a year, depending on your tour. Mm. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's a very strange lifestyle. But someone who's growing up
1: feeling like an outsider or like a loner, And it comes in total. Oh, fuck, there's people like me.
3: Oh, plus the other thing, as well, is you can reinvent yourself every show. If someone's never met you before, you can decide. I'm going to be the happy guy this tour. <laughs> yeah, right. or I'm going yeah, to be yeah. the dark kind of brooding guy this tour. Mm. I'm going to be the guy that just sits back and you know there's already the clown on this tour, so right. I'll let him be the clown. Well, this tour, everyone's got. I'll be the guy that keeps the morale high. Yeah, yeah, You know, there's always one of each of those people. Mm. You can't. There's never been a tour where there's been 20 clowns in the bus. <laughs> there's normally one person that will take on that role. <laughs> right. They'll be the one that'll keep you know the, the laughs going when everyone's morale yeah. is down. Yeah. And you know, and you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with an industry and a business and a job function that is. Such a huge concentrate of you know of importance, time, and people putting pressure on you. You yeah. know, you you might have a million dollar show every day to get up and running on time, running well. The gear's got to work, everything's got to work. And if one thing goes bad, then you know you will have to go back to that bus or that hotel and rethink through your day of what went wrong. Did mm. you play a part? If you played a part, how does that affect you? Yep. What is going to be your outcome? What decision do you have to make next to get through it, get over it, or? get out of it you yeah, know yeah, and you are right. constantly you're put in those positions of the jobs you have because of the fact that you know what you're doing Yeah, no one gives a new guy a chance and puts him straight into the top you know right, you work your way to where you are and people give you the you know the respect and the jobs because they trust you so yeah. when something does go bad and it does of course you know, it does, yeah. it's you know there's a lot weighing on people's shoulders and for some people the show time is, is the part that pushes them you know, that can be so it can be so heavy on their shoulders, uh when things go wrong. Um, it can be the downtime that mm. totally that kills them more. Yep. And I sorry, it kills them is a bad word, but let's be honest, we're talking Sometimes about a high suicide rate, so it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to realise if you're if you're making your living off touring once the tour finishes, that's you out of work and you're basically unemployed. And It's, not, it's
1: not only money that, that ends, it's also your sense of identity. Oh, it's, everything. it's your yeah, whole it's, world. You yeah.
3: you leave the tour, you leave the bus, you yeah. leave the hotel and suddenly all these friends who you've made disappear you gone. do yeah. not know if you'll ever see them again. And you've got all the spare time, yeah. you've lost your your um your routine. And you have of. to go back to normality where you have to go to, and it's, people think it's funny, but you go to a place where you make your own dinner, you don't go to catering, you're yeah. in charge of your own washing if you're, you know... And i, I uh, It's just something ex- even just exciting about being involved. You just oh, think, like, totally. I'm fucking doing I mean, it's, it. And then I, suddenly you're not doing no, it. No matter whether or not you're someone who's prone to depression or not, the yeah. first week after finishing a really good tour, everyone is depressed. That's everyone. Right. And this is whether or not you are the darkest, gloomiest person or you're the most upbeat, jumping around yep. you know, person in the world. Everyone's yep. the same. You all get the same Facebook messages. Tour's finished. This sucks. What are we doing? I miss yep. you all. You know, It's such a weird thing and you kind of think how would that be when you've only just known them for a month or so but because yes. you're relying and moving together as one unit it's yep. like a, a you know a multi a multi-segmented creature a multi-legged <laughs> octopus you know that's what a yep. touring machine yes. is that you know when you suddenly are split from those people it is it's very devastating for some people
1: so the industry attracts people who are already on the edge or sometimes have been through some shit
3: i think just and, more and, and more ed- sensitive to the edge i don't think yep. they're on the edge but I think they're more sensitive to the edge to, to me, when it's it, there. To me,
1: it just means sort of the more alternative types. Yeah. You know, just you know, it's not usually the high school jocks that yeah to get into, into this. No, it's not <laughs> at know? all. You yeah, know, it's, I it's, mean,
3: it's, you. you've got to be sensitive to to be able to deal with artists
1: who right. are sensitive creatures. So then they get there, and then the industry is tough. Yeah, it's really tough. The industry and is cruel and only getting crueler. It's competitive. Know? It's saturated. It's completely, um, completely. Yeah. off the end of the tour, like we we're just talking no about. No security. Like That's I right. can
3: say from, from from There's no point talking about high for for me this year. I've had two tours that actually three in total, but two that I got up to basically a, two weeks out was one tour I was going out with City and Color. Yep. and I had someone had spoken to me at another tour. And said, "Hey, City and Color, who's one of my favorite bands." from america we're going through australia they need an extra crew person i'd contacted the tour manager i'd said yeah we're totally keen we remember you from last time all looking good got some dates through hadn't heard back from him uh they were in the middle of doing another tour i think through america at the time so you know it was it's understandable people go offline and they might not be on email yeah and then sort of just out i contacted them again and they were like oh look we've just re-looked at budgets we can't afford Three techs on the road We're going to go down to two And sorry about that And it's fine You know That's how the industry works I knew that Mm. And then again Later in the year Four weeks out I was going back out on tour With the artist Rodriguez From the Searching for Sugarman documentary Mm -hmm. I'd been contacted By the production manager Locked in Asked if I could extend my availability for dates pushing out to December because they were adding on more shows. I checked my calendar. I cancel. I, well, I didn't cancel work. I contacted shows that I had and put other people in the jobs. I stopped doing the music awards. I put someone else into that job. Right. I filled in all of the shows with bands that I work for a lot here, yeah. so I could make myself available for the Rodriguez tour. And then four weeks out from that, I get a call from their management and said they don't want me anymore and then I found out from the sound guy they also got rid of him they would got rid of all the crew after they right. checked all the budget said everyone was fine and got everyone to extend dates right so you're looking for me that's you know that's a ten, twelve, 15 thousand dollar job mm. that is gone mm. and all of the shows that I'd replaced are gone right and I'm pretty much stuck and it's nearing into Christmas and I gotta say that hits me pretty hard like yep. I, I have suffered depression in the past yep Every soften so it comes back up it's very for me this industry is probably the toughest thing is dealing with that constantly yeah it's constantly thinking, did I not get that job because I was not good enough? did I not get that job because of something I've done in the past? Mm. you know what can I do to get this better? Is there ever going to be another gig and I know people that have spent longer in the industry than me that suffer the same feelings, yeah the constant struggle I know I finished a tour last year and I was only I was only doing an Australasian League of a tour. But all of the crew that from America that were touring with them for two years all suddenly got new management, all lost their jobs. Right. And they could reapply, but they were kind of hinted that you won't get another position.
1: And, and you and you
3: very rarely get
1: told why, isn't no, right? never, yeah. never. it? No, never. Never. Which I find, it's... like, I, I got, I mean, I, I stopped working with an artist um, and I only found out cause they didn't call me again, hmm. you know, and I, and I, to this day, I'm still completely perplexed because it's like, you think, did I ever say something like, no, yeah. I can't think of anything that went wrong, but it's just, it, and it could be as simple as that. They just decided that they enjoyed the company of someone else more, yep. you know, I, I mean, it
3: might not even be anything to do with me. Plus there's, there's, there's this, is thing as well as, I mean, there's, I, and I don't want to be the person that breaks all the illusions for people, but you know, if <laughs> talking on, on the bigger touring scale. It's quite possible that you can tour with an artist and never meet them.
1: Right, like, yes. You know, when mm-hmm. I was touring
3: with Wiz Khalifa, he spoke to me once at an airport because we happened to be sitting across from each other. Yeah. He said, hey, are you the new guy? I said, yeah, I'm the new guy. He said, hi, new guy, and that's all he said. The next time he spoke to me was through a manager who was standing between us yep. who asked if I could go light some incense. Now, mm. I was on the road with him for six weeks. We travelled on different buses. I was on the crew bus, but I never spoke to him. Yeah. So... When you start realising that you can be hired and fired, moved along, changed position from management or other people within the corporate side of that artist's group, there's nothing to do with the artist at all. The artist may not even know who they hire. The artist just turns up to sing, you know, and the crew is hired, fired by another part of the production, and, you know, and that's completely... And some people don't realise that, you know, you can that you are not really... You're not spending your whole tour hanging out with the artists mm. or the band, you know? I don't think
1: there's a problem with, um, you know, taking, like, you know, making this understood, you know, like, like talking about this openly. I mean, the industry has gone through such a big change yeah um to the point where now uh, my view on it is that it's 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 all been pulled to pieces and we're putting it back together we're trying well, to figure uh, out yeah. how that
3: some of us are putting it back together some of us are dealing with how some of the big corporations are putting it back together yeah well exactly yeah and yeah. no, I'm not saying it's yeah. necessarily
1: been put together right Yeah, I, I mean for example i think the
3: streaming model is fucked up but i mean we're trying to figure out the new version oh, exactly we're uh, trying to figure out where we stand yeah. and where how the relationships we used to have have all seemed to have gone out the window.
1: And the Keith Moons are gone, you know? Yeah. Like, the rock and roll story is over. So now there's there's a
3: new a new era, which is professionals. It's, it's business. It's, professionals. it's money. It's... Yeah. the, the, the industry it's not, now not just a bad thing. Make as much money as fast as you can because... Yep. We don't have any idea who's going to be around tomorrow. Well, there's two, t- I mean, there's all, two of our, of all of our legends are dying, let's yep. be honest. Yep. They're all gone. Mm. There's no one coming in. There's no new Bowies. There's no That's new right. Zappers. And what we have now is a lot of the stadium acts who are up and down, a big today, gone tomorrow, and these new acts which are... We have no idea where they're going to be in a few. So that's you know? what I mean.
1: So there's the corporate side of the industry, which is which is um, really frustrating. Mm. But then there's what I mean is there's the business as in people like you and I, yeah. who are actually now having to become entrepreneurs. Oh yes, who are yeah, getting, yeah. getting our shit together. Yeah. We can't just go on like party the whole time. No, like, no not at it's all. it's not like that. I mean, in, you're in constantly
3: looking for work. You're constantly. Yeah you know it's a struggle and, it, and, and going back to our to our main point here is that that constant struggle for not knowing where the, where your money's coming in I mean if you're a young solo guy that is living on someone's couch on a floor as yep. most of us started off doing you know you're in your parents couch or basement yep. and your outgoings are you know very minimal you can <laughs> live this way and you can enjoy the not knowing when the next gig's coming in mm. once you have a rent once you own a house which not many of us do, but you know, you know, as you get older, you naturally start to gravitate towards the things normal people do. Right. Even if you're still living in the industry. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I know a lot of professional musician musicians and stuff in New Zealand who own houses, who are lucky to buy them before the market went crazy. But mm. you know, they're still sitting on mortgages. Yep. And you've got car repayments. You might have a visa repayment. You've got all these things that build up and cost the of living goes up. Cost of living goes up. And yep. if you do not know how that's going to be paid next week, I mean I constantly aside from summer where I feel I can I breathe a lot easier in summer because I know that rent will be paid every week. Right. I'm married. I have children. I have dogs. I have a house. I have you know yeah. ACPT payments. I have things that have to come out. Phone bill payments. All those things. And when it gets to winter and the shows drop, it's horrific. You mm. know, it's stressful. And, you know, and my wife's very understanding. She you know she she doesn't she completely knows the nature of my industry and yeah. will always push me to see how I can how I can broaden myself out to you know to make money other ways. Right. But you know this year I've had to, I've spent a lot more time working in the corporate event side of the world to mm-hmm. do it but mm-hmm. I mean yeah I mean I've had years where I know that there's been no shows and inland revenue is banging on my door wanting a tax bill and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at least the people don't don't know how to see their way above that can't tread water and a lot of them will take you know and, and the this 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 only is, way out and this they is, see this
1: is the reality that I think is is so worth people talking about openly because um, like the names that you can talk about working with you know we're talking like international level right we're talking about big time yeah you know and so especially if you think about the, the kids who are studying you know um, engineering and, and music and things lo- expecting get, to get into the industry looking for their break right how many um, of those names that you're talking about would just seem so fucking amazing to them, right? Yeah. And then to, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. to know that you're working with them, and then and then you know, oh, I'm still back. A, on a the month bottom later, of the like, heat. oh, exactly. fucking hell, the exactly. building, You know, I mean, I mean,
3: I can tell you, for a fact, I know this year when it got to the middle of winter and there was no shows on, and a few of us had stayed here because there were shows on the cards we were going to do, but then all got cancelled. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of left and we were looking around for work over in the northern sort of parts, Europe and stuff, that mm. a friend of mine who is a well respected person in the industry had rang up and he'd just spoken to I think it was I'm trying to remember what it was I think it was like Oasis's tour manager or blues and he was looking for work that that summer. Right. And if you think if the tour manager for a band of that scale yeah. doesn't have work on call, then it's like the dude from New Zealand that no one really knows mm. but might remember from somewhere. You know, but it's there is a that struggle. Kind of, you, ha, you do actually, I mean,
1: I'm sure I was guilty of it. When I was younger,
3: you kind of think
1: you get, you struggle to a point and then it's, then it kind of gets easy. It doesn't like it gets you get worse. You know, you, what, it gets yeah. worse. Mm.
3: Like, I I had the same discussion with someone the other day. Like, the best, I mean, I don't know. This is probably the worst thing I could ever say. The <laughs> best times I had in the synergy was when I first started. Right. The best time. When I was young, I didn't have big bills. I could live in a van with the band I was touring with. We didn't have a flash hotels. We didn't have tour buses. We, you know, it was just a bunch of us on the road, yeah, all becoming best friends first, fast away, and it was amazing times. Mm. There was you know, there was someone else who had to deal with the budgets at the end, but you know, we did the shows, everything went on. Yeah. And we just we did whatever it took to get to that point. And then suddenly the longer you spend in it, the more you work your way around it. It's you see a lot more of the mechanics to go into it and you may work in different departments where it's budgets and spreadsheets mm. and and suddenly the job, the the hobby that you started doing that became your life that was the only thing you knew how to do suddenly becomes a job and suddenly yeah. a bit of it does become like oh it's spreadsheets and now I've got to work out if it's cheaper for me to truck some lights from Christchurch to this city or if it's cheaper for me to carry them and it's like that's not a fun part of it you know right. yeah. and it's pressure and then suddenly everyone's looking to you and there is some dude who's in the van having fun with the band, but that's just not you anymore. <laughs> right. But the thing is, you can afford to pay your rent that week because your outgoings are more expensive than the young dude in the van. Yeah. But, and I tell people that I'm like, the best time you will have will possibly be your start in the industry. Mm. Make the most of it now because if you stay in it, the sheen may wear off. Yep. You know? Yep. It's not a golden road for anyone in this industry. I've got friends that have been doing it as long as me, and sometimes a little bit longer who end up emailing me and going hey any work going anywhere i'm like <laughs> you've just finished 70 shows around the world with this band surely someone must be knocking on yeah. your door saying hey you must be free now but
1: why do you think people are so uncomfortable talking about these things openly do you think um, it's like keeping up appearances i just don't think
3: in the industry itself we don't like talking about things because it
1: does it, do you think that by us talking about our struggles it feels like we're we're um exposing our sense of failure like, I think, if, like, if I tell I don't you know that if it's I, a
3: failure, I think it's just a total fear, which we're in positions to be fearless. But if I was, for example, going, Oh man, I've got no gigs on at the
1: moment, you know, then it's sort of like saying, No one's hiring me, which is sort of saying, th- Yeah, unfair, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, see, I, so think, I, I think it's definitely know. part of it. Yeah. And I think,
3: I mean, the, what we do is a superhero job. You yeah. know, when you look at when you when people go look at a show like Coldplay and they just see that band on stage for 2 hours and they think it's amazing but just the amount of people that do that whose yep. life is that band on the road with them putting that show together mm. under all kinds of pressures from hurricanes storms tornadoes you know yep. late planning those you have to be a superhero to do that job and every day make that happen yep. and when you suddenly have to go this superhero has some problems and today I'm not feeling great or this month I'm stressing out because I could lose my car or my wife or my girlfriend might leave me because mm. I can't pay the rent or, you know. yeah, That's the time when it's, it's you know, that's you feel very fragile. Mm. And I don't think anyone I know in the industry really could explain that to people that aren't in the industry. Right. So I think that's the thing. I mean, just like, cause you, like you brought up before, just trying to deal with, normality in people you know yeah. on a nine to five basis they have no real understanding how our life works the way we have restructured our brain to do what it is we do that's a good really you know, good way of putting you it. you have to restructure yeah. to go i can do an 80 hour week in four days yeah that doesn't freak me out the thought of that doesn't even freak me out no. it should but it's like no i can do four 20 hour days mm. i can deal with four shows on the run i can deal with flights trucks everything else but I cannot get off my ass to figure out how to call Vodafone to sort out something I need fixed, <laughs> but I can do something else. Mm. I personally have a problem. I have a very bad problem with anxiety sometimes out mm. of the industry that I work in. Yeah. Quitting drinking also added to that as well. So going into the situation where I'm not, I can stand in front of a crowd of 50, 80, 90,000 people, check a microphone, talk to people, organize stuff. But if I have to go to a party with three people I don't know, I will be terrified. I'm I'm actually the same as you you on that. And that's that's something that some people go, well, you can't be because you do this and you work in big things. I don't like crowds, but I go and do festivals. Yeah, I can't stand being in the audience. And I don't know whether part of that has been amplified by what I do because I've cocooned myself in a certain way to do the job I do or whether or not... I have f- f- chosen this path more of that fact because I don't deal well with normality. Were well, you like that, though, before you got into the job? Um, I don't know if I... No, I don't think I was as much. Like, I mean, before I really committed to the music industry on this side of as well, you know, I did, a, I did bits of acting and stuff. I think I was really kind of sociable and whereas now I find I'm not. I'm not right. a sociable person right? at all. Like, I'm, and my wife would be like, <laughs> damn, he's so on. I'm not a sociable person, you know? Yeah. I don't. I don't go out much at all, you know? And isn't and it funny it's, because ever since you got here today, we haven't stopped talking. I know. At exactly. This speed. So oh, exactly. Like, I can sit down with, you know, musician with touring friends yeah. and it can be nonstop. Right. But if I have to go to another situation where it's people that are talking about the week they had at work or something else or, you know, or you ask just, me about my job, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you about what I do. Like, yeah. I, I do amazing shit that you dream of. Right, I need four hours to set it up. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you never want to seem, hey, I don't want to sound like I'm an arrogant asshole. But then if I dumb it down do people just kind of think I'm treating them like shit because I'm not excited about what I do. Like, it's a very tough situation, you know. So I think a lot of people in the industry only see each other, are happy to not see anyone, Mm. see each other when they tour, or just frequent places with the same kind of crew and same kind of people. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah.
1: So what do you do? Like, what's your way of getting through those darker moments? You know, when when the when all that work gets cancelled, oh, I that... just
3: have to work it through my own head. Yeah, and it's some days it's so much worse than other days.
1: Do you like go? You know, like walking or or like you know what I mean? Like, is there something that you uh, do to? to try I and... just
3: try and tell myself that this has happened before. It'll right. It'll be a thing. Something will happen. That something. Of the job. Something. Something will happen. It'll get better. Yeah. But you don't believe that in the time. You I know, often like one.
1: I often think of this job as being like, if you built a cabin in the middle of the absolute wilderness, and you're totally off the grid and it, you know, you're know you living somewhere where it snows in winter and that kind of thing. And you have to you know operate seasonally. So you have to make sure you collect the wood while you can get it and cut it while it's not frozen. And you know what I mean? Managing mm. your water yeah. and managing your food. I think it's a very similar job because of like what you're saying, like for you winter, um, doesn't, you don't earn anything or, or at least anywhere yeah. near as much, um, I'm sometimes actually I'm the other way around. I I actually do a lot better in winter. But from the week before Christmas through to about the week the first week of February, there's not really anything going on for me. So mm. I generally that's when I slot in things like album work and or I travel. I mean,
3: it's a very hunter gatherer kind of yeah ex- exactly. You've got that's to go find the work right. You know, even if you're a session player or if you're a sound person, you know, you're constantly having to see. If if there's no work, if nothing's there, you've got to suddenly go, Okay, who can I hit up? Yeah. Who can I hassle? Who can I go, Look, I've got downtime, if mm. I know you can't afford a tech, but if you just pay me three hundred dollars for a week, I can at least pay my rent, I can do this, I can get this going. Yeah. yeah. You know? And if you and if you have no other option then yeah, I mean I know people that have left the industry because of that fact they've got to the winters and now our winters are really polarizing between busy summers and winters where it's got bad that have just quit, have just said, Look, I just can't do it, I can't afford to you know, it's it's an age thing. I think I don't mm. think I don't think anyone wants to be fifty living on their parents' couch with no, no money, being broke. I know some people that are still like that, mm-hmm. but none of us think that's the dream of this part of the industry. We all want to get better. We all want to do better shows, bigger shows, but we want to at some point be able to drive a car that yeah. works. You know, yeah. you don't. But the thing is, no matter where you get in the industry, you still battle this this problem with this anxiety about your work and. You know, and this this whole level of depression which hits our you so much tougher. Yeah. So and it, it is it's a a it's a constant, constant battle. And like I said, it's not just depressed people, it's like you can come off a worldwide tour that is sold out every single house mm. and on Tuesday you're finished, you're home, you've driven home, you've suddenly left to the cocoon of what you know, you're back dealing with your family or you know your world and the normality in your world and your street and you know whatever else and trying to readjust back into that readjust just even how you talk to people if you're used to suddenly dealing with loaders every day you've never met and you have to yell at them and you've got to tell them what to do in 10 minutes and get this sorted get this up and down you know you're just a a cog in someone else's big machine and Mm. someone's yelling at you and then you go home and you have to deal with you know I have to keep kicking myself and telling myself that my son is twelve and he is not a loader <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't and if he takes three times to pick up a bit of crap off his bedroom floor, that's fine. Right. But yeah. I'm still going, I you know, I need this done now. Grab this, move this over here, pick yeah. this up, yeah. do this. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like and that's what my brain my brain has I've restructured my brain to do this. And you have to yeah. suddenly, you know, decompress, come off tour mode, you know, stop the swearing, talk <laughs> learn a different language. Yep. I mean when I go on tour my language is completely different. Mm. Completely. I mean I know that one famous thing is like the Muse guys now, their wives will tell them they must book hotels and they take a week off. After tour, wow. they all disappear, go to a hotel for a week to decompress and readjust so when they go home, they are somewhere closer to normal because when they were coming straight off the road, they were just like hell to live with. Right. And I know my wife says I'm probably the same. Like I just come off and I'm just used to being in a certain way because yeah. it is such a... It is, there's always a hard, it's not monotonous, it's it's repetitive. Touring Mm. is repetitive. You must do the same thing every day because that's how a tour works. You're doing the same show in 20 different places, but it's still the same show. It's
1: probably like getting out of prison exactly there's a routine yeah. in prison there's a comfort there yeah. as much as you don't want to be in prison yeah. but you know there's exactly a, there's, 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 there, there's exactly
3: your your whole world is the same time frame Yeah. you wake up naturally at this time you know you've got 20 minutes you know if you sleep in five more minutes you can shower yep. make it to breakfast decisions are made bus, for you you eat when we plane. tell you totally. to totally yeah. you just you eat what slot you get. in yeah and then you get to the show, and you set up the show, and you do what you need to do. It all packs down the same as it did the night before. Mm. Everything is the same, you know. It's so it's Groundhog's Day over yep. and over and over. Yeah. And then to stop suddenly and be like, okay, what do I do? You know, how do I? What do I do? How do I kill time? Yeah. Some people I know, you know, take up sports. Some people I know, crazy avid sports people. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people get into artistic sides, photography and stuff. I play PlayStation. Yep hours and hours on end. <laughs> so i actually quite lucky because I read a study the other day that PlayStation is actually a form of meditation. Is that, that was, right? They did tests on people's brain forms and when they were actually playing for long periods of time it put their brain into a meditative state and they wow. were like some people can actually that's how they can totally focus on other things. I, I wonder if like, the same thing happens for, for musicians. I think it's totally. Mm. But, you know, I mean, sometimes you finish your tour and you don't want to see a guitar. <laughs> yeah, you just, like, you. don't want to totally. see anything. Yeah, and it's yeah. terrible because I have nice guitars, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to see something for a while. Or you might get home and go, I just want to play a music that's not this kind of <laughs> that's music, right. you know? Yeah. yeah, I tend to listen but,
1: to, like, crazy shit yeah. when I'm at home, like, random
3: stuff that I'd never play live. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's, and you know, I'm lucky I have a great home life. Yep. For some periods of my life, You know, I would be going back to a flat, um, you know, on my own or, you know, or flatmates and they totally would be in a different kind of headspace Mm. or something. And, you know, readjusting would be really tough. Now I kind of, I have a family that I readjust pretty easily, you know, straight back into and things. I think I do. My wife may say differently, but, (laughs) you know, but I think for everyone, you know, it's different. And some people whose lives are quite solo outside of the industry. You know, the only time they really are sociable is with industry, the thing that's a lot tougher, that's when it really yep. hits them. And yep. like, and I, well, I just was listening to a podcast with a guy, Mark Ford, who used to play in Counting Crows, and he said the toughest part oh. of touring was not the two hours playing, it was the 22 hours filling time. Right. And that's, you know, luckily if you're on the road, you've got a lot of, you. you if you're... If you're doing a lot of, you know, if you've got show, 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 you're spending a lot of time doing things.
1: Well, I think that's the formula that we're like in the old days with the younger musicians, especially the bigger bands who who now they did have money coming in and they were on the road for two years or something and they have that massive window of time. And And after a while, it's like, what what the fuck do you do? Mm. Um, and, you know, you can afford to, to buy crap, like to buy some junk or buy some yeah. alcohol
3: or whatever. And, you know... It, it, it's like, obviously that's going to happen. Yeah. You know? Plus, um, I mean, I like for, for musicians, you know, I can't, I can't speak to the mental health of musicians because it's, mm. I'm no longer a professional musician myself. Right. But I mean, I know that out of their day, they've got a lot more downtime than I do. Right. I mean, at nine o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock, I'm at the venue at one 30, I leave the venue in the morning. Hmm and I'll get a few hours sleep and go back to the next venue. A musician won't turn up maybe till three or four. So they've got a whole daytime to kind of fill, sit on their hands. And there's different scenarios
1: of that because some musicians really struggle with that time totally. and get into some bad shit. Totally, But other musicians um, have it way better than the crew because, you know, if they've got them, if they've got themselves together, they might go for a walk, oh, totally. some, do some, some, do some mu- yoga. Some musicians will just <laughs> you know? surf their way around the world. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. Some
3: musicians will become alcoholics, drug addicts, you yeah. know. Or even worse, you know, lead to self-harm of things because you're sitting in this weird cocooned world where everyone talks to you in a certain way because you're the famous person. Mm. You can't just walk out, you know, dealing with... When you deal with musicians in countries who are at that point where they're too big just about to walk around themselves outside their hotel where they must be with security, then yep. you're in this little cocooned, ballooned world. And, you know, and a lot of them... The people that do burn out that way, it's generally down to that. It's not because they're partying because they love the partying so much. Mm. It's they're partying just to kill some more time. Yeah, because they're sitting in a hotel room somewhere where they don't really know. They may not want to be. They just really want to get through the show.
1: Right. It also be- it almost becomes and again. Like a need. There are
3: very musicians are very sensitive to feeling kind of people generally. Yep. You know, mm. of any genre. You know, mm. you choose to do music because you feel something inside that you want to share with people. Yeah. You, if you didn't want to share it, if you wanted to keep it all closed, then you wouldn't do it. But mm. you're very always on that point where you're putting yourself out there. So you're automatically a, a type of person, male or female, you know, no matter what way you are, yep. you're automatically a bit more prone to, you know, mm. the things around you. So so what do you think um, can be done to, to make, you know, a positive change
1: in these areas?
3: Uh, I think... I, I mean this, I mean talking about I it think is a good thing. Discussion
1: is the first thing of
3: all. Yeah. If we if we don't talk about the problems we have, if we don't make it apparent that yes, there is a problem in our industry. There is a problem in our industry worldwide. Mm. It's not just Australia. It's not just England. These studies have now been done in America, the UK Australia, New Zealand—it's apparent everywhere that this is the same integral problem that underlies the whole industry. Yeah. That if we don't talk about it, then yeah, more people will die needlessly. Mm. I mean, no one needs to die. No one—you should never die because of your job. No, you shouldn't die because you're working. You shouldn't die because you're not working. Right? You know, there should be, there should be something. It's not, it's not tough to. To put things in place that people have access to a phone number like Lifeline, things like that, you know. But, I mean, like anything, because of the way we are because we do these almost impossible superhero jobs, I think people are less likely to call Lifeline or something else because, yeah. you know, it's you're accepting that, you know, I can suddenly tour the world and put on 50 shows in a row but I can't deal with today, you know, yeah. without drinking a bottle of whiskey, buying a bunch of drugs or just, you know, thinking about... Killing myself. That you know, that's the that's the thing. I think having having services designed by us, tailored towards us, with professionals who know how to best help us. I think yeah. that's the most important thing. Also,
1: looking out for each other too. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Which I think we are getting. I think as a community, we're getting better at. Absolutely, I think we yeah.
3: are. Yeah. We are. I mean, there's. We've just we've come into this modern era where it's okay to talk about our feelings. Yeah. It's mm. okay for guys to cry. It's okay yeah. for you know for for you know, for men to feel weak, it's okay for, you know, for all these things which in the past stereotype was very wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. Our industry has stepped away from the bullying tactics, which was very prevalent back in the day. It's not as sexist as it used to be. Yes, there is still a lot of, you know, a lot of old-fashioned ideas that need to change. And so it must be even tougher trying to be a female breaking into this industry. Mm -hmm. And I think that must bring a whole new new level of anxiety. But I just think in general, the more we can communicate with each other, and just bring it up and go, hey, yeah, we all have problems. Yeah. You know, I can put my hand up and say, yes, I can have amazing months, I can tour the world, and then within a week, I can be sitting at home thinking, my God, this is the worst. And it's, yeah. And the thing is, you have to realize that it's not about your surroundings back home; it's just because you're not doing what you know you should be doing. You were born to do. And
1: it's also it's one thing to to feel the weight of the thing that you're you're up against, but then. If there's no communication or conversation around it, then you also start to feel like you're the only one. Absolutely, you know, which I think is where depression starts to really take hold of you. Oh, it does. You know, like you're the only. As soon as you isolate yourself from
3: everyone else, then depression takes a hold. Right. Also putting alcohol on top of depression, mm. 10 times worse. Yep. Alcohol is a depressant. I yep. know that from personal experience. Yeah, so do I. Personal experience. You, <laughs> If you go home and you are not feeling good, drinking a bottle of vodka mm. is not good for you. Yeah. I've done it once before and I ate a box of sleeping tablets. <laughs> right. And I had enough and I thought that was it. And if I hadn't got that drunk, I probably wouldn't have made that decision. Yeah. But the alcohol didn't help. Yep. And that, for a lot of people, that's the f- fastest pain relief they can get, you know? I feel really fortunate that um, it, that it- Clicked
1: with me that like if I, if I'm feeling really low, things like um, going for a walk or doing a workout, um, drinking water, you know, eating good food, not shitty food. Just, just like there's these sorts of things that, um, without trying to come across in a preachy way, but the, just those things for me, sort of made yeah. me feel clearer totally. again. And Are also you changing getting your enough, environment getting as well, like sleep you know, well.
3: sitting. Yeah. If you're going back to your one bedroom apartment or you're in a room and you don't like your flatmates or something, yeah, you know. Then getting up, getting out of your house, going outside, thinking about all the good things that you love about this industry, listening yep. to your favorite band, you know. You have just because, you know, every tour finishes, there's it's just what it is. Yep. That's what I have to that's what I tell myself now more and more. At any point, every tour finishes. Right. Whether it finishes early for you or you go the whole tour, that tour will finish. Mm. You know, there's no there's no tour that's kept on going forever. So
1: I guess another thing about it is is if you identify yourself. 100% as the person on that work, on that job, and then the job ends, then you've lost yourself. Oh, but totally. If, but if you're able to ground yourself um, in a number of different ways, then, you know, that if that job comes to an end, you're still the guy who does the other stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, like five, six years ago, I got a dog. And um, and it was one of the first times I'd done something that big that wasn't career orientated. And it changed it changed my life completely mm-hmm. because it was now, you know, this... I'm no, I'm a guitar player, but I'm also a dog owner, yeah. you know, so what am I doing today? Well, today I'm going to walk the dog and, you, exactly. know, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't necessarily identify myself anymore as a hundred percent one thing, yeah. which means I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit less
3: vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. As it, as it it's yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I think for a while I just defined myself with my job. Yeah. Because it's what I've sacrificed everything in my life to yeah. do. Yeah. And what I, you know, and sometimes I still sacrifice a lot to do it. And it was necessary to get started. Yeah. In the early you days know, of your yeah. career, you if, have to. Yeah, you've got to be. Yeah. But, you know, you have to realize that you are more than your job, but you have to be able to step back and look at your job, look at your position in the industry, know that if you've got this far, people like you. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you've got a good tour, if you if the tour came to an end and you got to do the whole thing, mm. that's Ten thousand times better than the guy that didn't get that job, right? You know, and mm. chances are you may know the person that might not have got that job. So yep. you know, they're in this situation. There's always someone that's going to be worse off. You that's know, right. it's, it's it's easy to say all these things, but it's things you have to tell yourself. You know, there will be another tour that will come up, mm. and if it doesn't, then just be prepared for it. You know, yeah. like maybe there will come a point in time when you don't want a tour anymore, or. Or, you know, they will pick someone else or, you know, someone else that will come up that will replace you. And... Well, that's a good point
1: because I, I remember thinking um, not that
3: long ago, you know, what's going to happen in the future? Could I
1: possibly still be living this, you know, life that I've got in this career that I've got in 30 years? Um, and then I think, well, maybe not. You know, maybe I won't get hired when, I, when I'm that old. I'm not sure. Um, but then also, would I really want to still be doing this in 30 years? You know, maybe by then I could do something else. Like you only get one shot on the planet. Yeah. You know why don't I why don't I write
3: a book or make
1: a movie exactly. or, or you know this I want to open a to, bar to, then... to
3: diversify. <laughs> yeah. There's ways to go back and pass on what you've done teaching. I you know I spend a little bit of time teaching now. Yep. Um, there's just different things that I do. I've taken what I've learned in the rock and roll industry and I, I do a quite a bit of work for a PR company. Oh yeah. And Dark uh, Horse and we do things like the Tiffany launch. We do a lot of work for Heineken. Great. And you know so I've got to. Just, what's the call pivot? You know, I've got to pivot my business yeah. and, uh, you know, do some different things, but I, but the skills I bring in are, are so much more valued because of the fact that I've worked in a industry where time is so crucial yeah. and, you know, the scale of things that I work in is so huge, mm, you know, mm. that going to do a little pop-up event for Heineken or Tiffany or something, you know, I can bring a level of professionality or view to it that someone else may not have right. from the other vendors who are just used to doing the corporate stuff. Yeah. So there's, you know, lots of ways to change and utilize things. And, and you know, I, I'm not doing this to blame Trump, but... in <laughs> In doing that, I've been able to hire some of my other crew friends and a load of friends and some people who don't have work and want to, to come and help me out and be like, hey, I know this, like it's not a sound gig, but if you want to jump in a van with me and we'll drive around a few bars and yeah. do some Heineken beacon work, then you know, blah, 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 that'll, we'll, that'll pay your rent this week, and, and it's good. Yeah, and 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 we all
1: don't mind that. And our industry is so, um, uh, uh, you know, there are so many extremes. Um, I, I watched a documentary some time ago about a guy whose job it was to to manage the building of a golf course in the desert in Dubai and he was he was saying like building a golf course on any day of the week is a big challenge but yeah. try and do it in a place like Dubai you yeah. <laughs> have got to, to bring in the grass got from got Los it, Angeles exactly, so yeah. like... <laughs> and figure out the irrigation yeah. and everything and um and I thought man that's a lot like running a business in the music industry and so, so many of us are actually very highly skilled now because we've had to figure it out in some very tough circumstances. Yeah. So we
3: actually have great options, a lot Plus, of us. I think as well, I, I think if you, if you want to ground yourself in a bit of reality, you have to realize now that there is more people vying for jobs. You know, yeah. There are now schools that just teach you how to be a sound person. When Back when I was trying to learn to be a sound guy, there wasn't. You mm. got a job at a studio and you hung out or you just did what you could. Whereas now as ECE turns out, X amount of people per year. Mains churns out X amount of people per year. Universities do sound courses in Invercargill. So there's more people in your playing field you're competing with. There's more people on the planet who are competing for your jobs. There's more people who may be willing to undercut you. There's more people who will just talk the talk a little bit better than you at a bar on Friday night who will get that gig, who may not know what you're doing. There's so much, there's so many more. You know, things that have changed since I grew up in the industry when I was, you know, a teenager and saw things happen. Mm. And I think you kind of just have to go that, yes, the industry has changed. It's evolved. Yep. You know, what? So how are you going to think you know, differently? What are you going to do you differently? can't keep the image in your head that you got into when you were 12 yep. as how it is today, that's, you know? Yeah, exactly. and that's, that's exactly And right. if you haven't done the research to see how it's changed and how you have to change to fit with it, then you know that you can get left at the wayside. exactly. And I think it's really important that you do take mental stock, you know, do take stock of your own mental health. Mm. You do have to know that when you're starting to feel like you're a little bit, you know, swaying over when you're not feeling so balanced, you know, it's, you can't let yourself get to the point where you've shut everyone out and you're really in that really dark place and you haven't seen the signs coming along the way or, you know. I mean, there's... I've been lucky. This a group of friends of mine that I've toured with that I've still stuck with from friends, and even though we live in different parts of the world, you know, everyone will still keep in contact, and we'll know if someone will be like, oh, I have just I was up for this gig, or I was on this tour, and then the tour got cancelled because the singer got laryngitis, and everyone will just check in and be like, are you okay? How are you doing? Yep. Have, you, you know, have you got enough money to cover your rent? Have you done this? People are all looking out for each other, and I think that's really important. I mm. don't think we can... We're not always the most sociable people, so it doesn't have to be... We don't all have to get in the same room, but having little Facebook groups, Viber groups, whatever, you know, just to, yep. be able to go, hey, this is, this is all my guitar session friends. These are all my bass session friends. These are all my front of house sound guy friends. And we're just saying, how's it going? Yep. You know, and you have to, at the same time, you have to also not be the asshole dude that when your friend gets the really cool gig that you wanted not suddenly feel ten times worse right. and then hold it against them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. If if you're gonna be friends with engineers and you're an engineer, the chances are they may you're not all gonna get the same gig. That's right. So there's gonna be times when you're not gonna get the gig. I've got friends that and have it, got it really sometimes. good gigs <laughs> yeah. that I went for at the same time <laughs> yeah. and you know, and I kick myself and be like, I should have got that, but I'm like, but I did not So yeah. that's it. I don't That's right. I've got to just move on. Yeah. You know exactly. Yeah. And the thing is there's always gonna come that day where all the shit's going to fall over, you're not going to get the gig, you'll be fired for some reason, something will happen, the great tour that you loved will just suddenly not call, or it'll just change. And it can be nothing to do, it's nothing to do with you. When Mm -hmm. I got fired from Rodriguez, it was down to the fact that they did not want to take crew to every city and pay for accommodation and flights. And it was me, and I thought, well, maybe it's me. And then I realised that the front of house guy who does the grand national rugby in Australia who's midnight all sound guy for twenty odd years, he got fired as well. And he, he's <laughs> yeah. way more true than me. Right. So if he's getting fired, then I don't feel so bad, <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. I'm like, that's exactly. a that's a good kind of that's a good measuring stick. If <laughs> yeah. he's gone, I'm I'm okay. Yeah. If it was just me, I'd be worried. Yeah but it's a it's a roller coaster, you yeah. Know? Like
1: I mean I remember um this particular this particular day and I did a few things go wrong in a row and then I found out and I was trying to get um more work with this producer and then I found out that another guitarist I know um, was doing some work with him and, and it was just like I was in the wrong headspace and I remember just thinking, oh, well, fuck it then. Like I just, you know, like I just flipped out in my yeah. head. Didn't say anything to anyone, but that's just where my head went. Like I think two days later I got a message from someone totally different offering me a really good gig. <laughs> that, that was yeah. like such a good thing and it went on for ages and, and, um, and, like, and then I felt ecstatic again. You know, and I'm like, yeah. fucking hell, man! I've got to figure this out. You know, this this
3: height, these highs and lows it's, it's imp- and know, also unbearable. and also you have to be because there are people that will know when you're at a low that will use you for things. That's right. There are people that will call me and get information on me about venues or things and not pay me for my time, mm, but mm. squeeze all this information out, even though they're not going to hire me to do a job. Yeah. But they can basically get all the work that I would have done out of me information-wise and then do all that work, get it sorted, and then, you know, either hire someone else to do the job and give them the information already so they don't have to research, you know. And you have to be worried about that, you know. It's okay to kind of go, I don't feel comfortable, you know. If you want me to do this, pay me something, you know. It's worth something. Your time is worth something.
1: Absolutely. Just because
3: you're unemployed doesn't mean you should not charge people for things, you
1: know. We've got to to learn to value ourselves in our industry more you and know. more which also comes back to backing each other and up and the thing as well. is if you're
3: not going to get paid anyway what have you got to lose that's right you're either not going to get paid or you'll get paid <laughs> yeah, and exactly. so either way yeah. you can either not get paid and do the work yeah. or you can not get paid and say no I'm not going to do the work yeah. or do the work and get paid and like, we shouldn't
1: feel bad about getting paid like no. we're, 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 I think a lot of people in our industry are very very good at rationalizing why they're not getting paid they're yeah. doing, oh they're doing it for promotional reasons yeah. or, or for networking oh, yeah. or for whatever it's like fuck that Everyone else here is getting exactly. paid except for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for coming back in. Oh cool, um, no problem. And, and I know has really it's been appreci- the most cheering, <laughs> cheerful kind of thing. <laughs> but but it's, it's really um courageous, I think, of you to, to be so um forthcoming and honest. And I think it's really, really valuable. It's really I think important. it's really important. Like it's yeah.
3: it's it's you know, with with travelling around now. And seeing these exact studies being done around Australia and the UK and stuff, I think it's it has brought I mean, there really is a problem. We really need to make efforts yep. to, you know, to kind of push it for the you know, get things getting right. That's right. Because you know we can't afford to lose anyone else. The industry is, even though it's a big industry, it's small enough that we can't afford to lose anyone anywhere. You yeah. know, yeah. And especially because of this fact that this industry has killed them. That's, it's no, that should never happen. And I hope that we can we can have a little part in.
1: You know the public appreciating the the working crew members more, and and you know all the musicians out there. You know, re- remember to 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 say thanks. You know, and, and it's, to,
3: it's it's everything. You know, the, if we didn't have the singers writing great songs, touring, then we wouldn't have a job. Yeah, but the singers also it's, get the fans and the autographs and I the, know, and but the, it's it's the whole thing. The, yeah, you know, we okay, are. You know, know. <laughs> the, there isn't the crew. People have to remember they the crew also the same thing have to remember just to thank the artists as well because it's like at the end of the day they're paying everyone's wages right. and sometimes some crew can go on the road and can, you know, kind of slag off the artist or the music. Yeah, it's like, dude, sure. well, yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's a two-way two way street and we have to yeah. remember that, you know, whether you like it or not, it's great that they give us a chance, they employ us, the crews, you know, the Imagine employs us. We're all in this together. It's a family, you know? That's right. Even though you may not even though you may have the weird uncle you don't talk to on one part of the industry <laughs> or your weird auntie that you don't get on with, you're a family and that's yep. how you go.
1: Yep, that's right. Yeah. Oh well thank thanks again. Thanks for coming back. Great having me back. Yeah. yeah. Have a good Christmas. You too. So I just want to say um, thanks again to Gavin Downey for being so forthcoming. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and you say, yeah.
0: as you said, it's really important to talk about this stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not easy being that open sometimes. No, and but I think that's part of the healing process is to talk about it. You don't have to, as long as people know that there are others going through the same things. Right. You can talk to someone. Exactly. Don't hold it in. Exactly. You know?
1: And he asked me to um, mention. This particular website, which is nzmusicfoundation.org.nz slash wellbeing, uh-huh. um, which relates to some of the things we talked about, including the survey. Mm-hmm. So you know a little bit about that. Yeah, right?
0: I, I've donated to them in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's part of an overall kind of wellbeing picture, I think. I mean, the um, the depression and the um, you know self-harm and all that kind of stuff is part of a bigger picture, and it's a very important part of, yeah. of a bigger picture. But just in general... Um, you know musicians who, uh, who haven't been able to make ends meet for whatever reason. Maybe they've got sick and they can't work right. for six months, or um, they they had a legal issue that that, that they can't afford to fight, or right. maybe they broke up with their wife and their wife cleaned them out of, of all their money or what have you. So mm. that foundation is there to support people within the music industry with them, um, you know, to get them back on their feet as, as best they can. So yeah. um, I, I believe that you know big industry organisations behind it and they're donating to it and they're helping um you know with running it and keeping it going but also people can donate to it Mm -hmm. um and we all know people who have had struggles with you know being in this industry over the years myself i've felt it yeah over the years yeah in fact it's probably safe to say we all have yeah yeah Yeah. and and so uh, i think it's a really great initiative Mm. and i i do remember uh, oh, it was actually something that Neil Finn said recently um, I believe it was linked to the ARIA speech that Crowded House gave, gave for the Hall of Fame and, and he was mentioning the, the road crew and all those guys behind the scenes that couldn't do it without them and then someone came up with a suggestion on that link I saw it on Facebook and I think it's a bloody brilliant idea and I think maybe they're doing it in Australia and it should be being done here Yeah, which is um, put a, a 5 or 10 cent ticket levy on every concert ticket sold in new zealand yeah. that would go into this fund to help people with these problems mm. five or ten cents is fucking nothing you look at all the um, inside charges that ticket companies put on them you know for admin yeah. costs two dollars yeah. fifty for pushing a fucking button on on the internet yeah
1: I I, I, I I saw that clip that you're talking about when they mentioned that yeah and i mean the first thing that that went through my mind was why is it only five cents Exactly right. It should be like fucking. Couldn't it be a dollar?
0: five dollars? I mean, yeah. Whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So um, even a little contribution like that. So maybe this is part of a larger conversation that we need to have. Yeah. Um, with just get the conversation going with people. Mention it to people. And if you have any kind of influence out there in the industry, mm. talk to people about it because it's such a great and a small thing to be able to do that could have a massive impact.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a really interesting and enjoyable year. For our first, Absolutely, our first year man. of the podcast, I've, I've loved it.
0: I have loved it. Yeah, you know,
1: I leave here on a high every time that yep. we've done one. So, and I, and I mean, I, I feel like I'm getting an education too. Like every
0: time, you know, the only reason I'm doing it, yeah, is <laughs> to learn from people. Yeah, this is yeah. why we. Well, I'm, there's no way that we're able to school people. No, <laughs> so no, I, of course not. But that know. was our conversation,
1: wasn't it? Like, if we just if we had something like this where we just spouted out our opinions, it yep. would be pointless and arrogant. Yeah, you know, yeah. but you know what we're doing is talking to people and just getting their stories and across the across the episodes, you know, whatever points
0: are there rise to the surface. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so it's probably a great time a good good opportunity to say thank you to all yep. the people who have supported us, not just our sponsors, but also those people like our guests who have given, their, given up their time to be here and to talk to us it, it, it is great that this technology and this medium is available to us to be able yeah. to reach out and do that.
1: So thank you to our listeners um, and and thanks for listening and thanks for also spreading the word and also another shout out to our sponsors Bright Lights Photography, Mark Rains uh, and Rains Gibson Matthew and Accountants Justin and Paulie at Dick Perfect Promotions <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, sorry we pick on them we only do that because we know them yeah. and we love them Um and Paul and Paulie, Paulie loves Dick at, um, at Pitch Perfect Promotions <laughs>
1: and uh, Thomas Mueller yeah Thomas Mueller hearing technologies acoustics <laughs> hearing sorry acoustics hearing technologies and uh, your, your, your guys the Rockbox the Rockbox dudes. guys yeah. who I'm looking forward to seeing in a few weeks and also thank you to
0: our guests yes so uh, Gavin Eddie Nick uh, Matt and Opitaya. Opitaya, yeah. so thank you all for being a part of it and thank you guys out there once again for listening and supporting Yeah, and we will or well, you will hear from us in the new year I hate it when people say we'll see you in the new year we're not going to see shit <laughs> we're, we can't see you we can't see down your we're your... not even going to hear them in the new year because they're no, going to hear us no exactly you'll hear from yeah. us in the new you'll year you'll hear from us in the new year um, but we would love to hear from you guys if you've got any any suggestions we've got these outlets what are our portals Um
1: uh, I'm sure. Well, well, well Don't page. Don't give up your day job. .co.nz is our website. Yep. Um, and and the same extension for Facebook. And there's
0: links on there for people to get hold of us. Yep. If there's anything that you want to hear in the next, I, I guess could we call it a season two? I don't know. Next year's a bunch of podcasts because we still we've got more lined up for next year. Yep, definitely. Um, let us know. Could we, any subjects you want to talk about? Yeah. So we will hear from you next year. You will send us emails <laughs> and do it now. Stop being a pussy. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> have a great Christmas and New Year, fellas and fellas. See fallaces. you on. Oh, I almost did
1: it again. See, see you <laughs> in 2017. You'll hear us in 2017. <laughs> Ciao.